XL, uh, episode 28, Badass Records, Kenton Campbell. I'm here. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, Happy to be here. You, uh, do you like having KC as your initials? Um, as I got older, I did enjoy it. You didn't, didn't weren't a fan as a kid? Um, I didn't because I went by Michael. So my middle name is Michael. Okay. So up until like third grade, um, that's when my teacher started calling me Kenton. So I was like, oh, I couldn't find my desk because I was looking for Michael. How did you, how did you land it going with, by Michael initially? Um, my dad, they called him Mike. Okay. And his name is Kenneth Michael. Okay. I'm Kenton Michael. Yeah. So I was always little Mike. So I was always going by Michael or that's little Michael because my dad never went by Kenneth. Okay. He was always Ken, Kenny or something like that. And I hate those nicknames. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Um, I mean, like. There's, I have a cousin who's, uh, his, I mean, he's KC by first and middle. His last name is Beck, but Kyle Christopher, you know, when he was, he's, I don't know, what is he? He just turned 30 something. Uh, but I was, when he was born and they named him that and they were calling him KC, I was like, that's pretty cool. Uh, to be KC and live in KC. Live in KC. So, uh, but do you have, people that call you that or oh yeah my friends they call me casey or variations k, yes. k, k to the sizzle so. k.cam oh yeah Killer yeah yeah cam. it's so funny because you hear these rappers and i'm like man i'm in high school my friends was calling me that <laughs> now kendrick lamar is this big rapper and he's like no i'm k dot and i'm like oh are you well in in 2001 when i was going to yeah. wyandotte high school right and, you went to wyandotte high yeah dang I used to, like, it's so crazy because Marvel's big now. Like, I was a huge Fantastic Four guy. Okay. So, in high school, I used to get Mr. Fantastic stitched on my uh, hats. Really? At the, uh, at the hat store. Nice. So super silly. But, yeah, I went to Wyandotte um, uh, when I moved back from Colorado. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, man, I uh, did social work over there for three years. Oh, yeah? And it was like, uh, you're either in the classroom or in the home or out in the community with the kid. Right. Um, and every high school has got like a very, to me, clear kind of f vibe or flavor to it. It is. They're all and, different. And, and Wyandotte, I was like, yeah. there's some like, you gotta I think the, the kids are yeah. maybe running the school here. Yeah, you got to be tough. I mean, yeah. not not literally, but I I felt like I'm not, I'm not tough enough to go to the right. school. You got you got to be ready to you you, you got to be ready to scrap. It could go down any day, but. It was pretty good for the most part, but uh, like, hey, like a lot of schools, like we had fights, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We had people showing up after school, but like, you know, it's just a part of it. It's so funny now that I look, we didn't have as many like school shootings as they do now. Like kids like actually fought, like, like yeah. you went to the bathroom yeah. and you knuckled up or like in the yeah. lunchroom you're yeah. fighting. It's not some guy running in, shooting up the whole school. It's yeah. Like, nah, you handle it's, you scrap. It's weird. Like, um, I was super super little until like you know yeah. I, I grew six inches senior year i mean anyway uh by by junior year i was i was lifting i had been had been lifting pretty regularly uh and start was starting to grow a little bit and i just like to my core i felt like i'm ready at any if any i'm not looking for it but if it comes up 
that's 16, 17 at 40, almost 48. I'm like, please keep me away from. Hey, you know, you, you know, got to switch though. It might snap off. Like it takes a little for you to get there. You're like, I really want to avoid. But in just moving through my day, yeah. I want, I'm like confrontation. I just, just I'm trying it. to avoid it. It's just yeah. like traffic. It's yeah. like, man, is there construction? Let me go around the block. <laughs> um, so we, you guys did, uh, uh, a France trip. Was it two and a half weeks? It was like eleven days. Okay. Okay. So it was that was long. That was a lot. It was tough, cause it's like twenty four hours of travel. Like you don't understand what it takes. Like you know, it's an eight hour flight, but if you get to the airport at a certain time, your flight may not take off for a yeah. certain amount of time, and the time zone changed. So when we got there, it was like the morning time, and you can't check into your hotel till three. So it was just like we're up, we're zombies. You know what I mean? So, and you're, but it was beautiful. And you're not in a house where people can I'm go have not. some space. You're all together you're in all a bubble. In a bubble, in a small like the streets are small, like the cars are small. It's just like everything. You think of the U.S. and everything is super sized over here. Right. You go to Europe and you're like, man, including the people. Like <laughs> including the people. Right. You're right. You know, say you go to France or somewhere, you're like, man, it's really small. You know. So but, uh, there, you know, I've never been. I've I've been to Ireland. I've been to Mexico, uh, and uh, Costa Rica twice actually. Okay. Uh, but that's it. Um. So, but but forever, like you you know. And, and maybe it even in, changed from childhood into an adult in current, like now. But it always seems like there's been this, like, snootiness with a pin that's put in France as just a snooty. So is that bullshit? Or? I think that is bullshit. Okay. What, I, what I do think is, though, they do look at you crazy because sometimes I would say our kids are so, act spoiled. And you don't understand how spoiled your kids act until you go to somewhere where kids act like Yikes. many adults sometimes. Like, okay. Yeah, they're not, they're, their kids aren't rolling around on the floor, you know <laughs> what I'm saying, ordering 10 sodas and like telling them the steak isn't good. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it, there's a difference in culture and they're just, there's a different expectation. And once I was there, I understood it. I was like, oh, okay, you act like you have some sense. You know so what I mean? did you, uh, kind of along the same lines, did you feel... There's also a thing for a while now in my recollection with France where, uh, you know, maybe maybe Europeans as a whole, like, don't like Americans. But France is maybe a t an uptick to that. Um, Most people you go, like you go to restaurants, they speak English. They treat you some sort of way. Like I say, it's more or less a how you're acting type of thing. Okay. It's more or less the type of attitude that you're bringing to the table. Like, oh, I'm too good for this or I'm too good. Like, they will look at you a little weird. Like, you know. But I, what I found out about the French, they smoke a lot of cigarettes. Like, you oh, know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, well, the movies tell us that, right? <laughs> but, and I thought it was a joke until I got there <laughs> and I was like, oh, they, these people like, are chiefing. They chain smoke cigarettes. Okay. And they love their pastries. Inside? Smoke? No, it's outside. Okay. They're okay. all outside. Okay. They're all outside. There's not a lot of inside smoking. Uh, I saw a TikTok just the other day where some gal in my, just in my FYP, she was like, uh, so I was in France and I wanted, I wanted to try as many pastries as I could. So I went in and I was like, can I get a croissant? And she's like, it's pronounced croissant. And then she goes, oh, well in that case you're being a cun. <laughs> TikTok, yeah. you, you, you fuck around with TikTok. Um, my daughter loves TikTok. Uh huh. Uh huh. I try to avoid it, but it's like the new wave. It's like time suck, and everybody's on it. They're like, no one's on Snapchat or Instagram anymore. Like, you got to get your data from your TikTok. But I'm a Twitter guy, yep. so like, I like Twitter as my 
platform yep. of choice. Are you K- um, you're, you're K.Cam I'm somewhere? I'm K.Cam. Okay. Yeah, I'm there. I feel like I couldn't, I mean, my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, my TikTok, they all are so specific, like needs or 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 yes. identities they all or, serve or yeah some sort of purpose and so like what well, i mean to each their own but like when i see people that they use whatever they use to post something on one of them and it goes to all of them uh, yeah. i'm like you want you want people like you see all that like well, no i'm silo like you know i'm definitely um what is my accounts private on twitter well i guess i have more more uh real thoughts on right but i mean like if you know, if I follow you in more than one place, I, I don't want to. I don't want to see your shit three, four times. I hate it. So I'm none of my shit is tied, and I I do certain things on Instagram and certain things on Twitter, and you gotta I don't know what to do with Facebook anymore. It's I just my wife said I added something. Go accept it. I say okay. <laughs> <laughs> go accept the tag. All, All right. right, baby, I'm on that. Uh, so born and raised, Casey. Uh, for the most part, yep. Born and raised in KCK. Okay. Um, after fifth grade, moved to Denver, and then what year there. is what year is fifth uh, grade? Fifth grade. Uh, let's see, was it ten? So like ninety three, ninety four. Okay. Okay. Like yep, yep. Because it was a big year because Waco, Texas. I remember Waco was happening when we moved. Uh, Waco and Waco. Right. Yeah. Um, and or, then I stayed there until uh, the start of my junior year. Um, I moved back that summer, and then that's when I started going wine dot. Okay, so that um, was like the year. Uh, what is it? Ninety nine, two thousand, and then two thousand, two thousand one. It's crazy. You're like talking about ninety three being fifth grade for you. I'm like, I'm starting college. Like, oh man, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, so are your folks? Are they still around and together? They're not together. They okay. divorced actually when I was ten. You know, oh, we moved. Okay, so, like, you okay. Know, um, She's from Colorado, so her roots were in Denver. So, like, we moved back there. My dad's roots were here. So, how did they meet? Oh, uh, they met here. I don't even know. Okay. They just met in KCK. Okay. Um, are they both still? They're actually both back in the area now. So, okay. like, um, my dad still lives in KCK. My mom lives over on the KCMO side, not too far from where I live. Okay. Do you, and are, is everybody generally speaking cool yeah. with everybody? I go over to my dad's house. My mom's over there all the time. Okay. Super weird though. Like, you know, your parents go through this divorce, yeah. but then you're like, y'all friends and y'all kick it and y'all like hang out. What else are you guys doing? <laughs> but they're not doing any no, of that. Right, it's right. so weird, but right. like they are kicking like they're, like they're BFFs. And I'm like, huh. man, why, why wasn't this? And what, what's your, uh, sibling situation? Oh, well, um, <laughs> my mom had two kids before she met my dad. Okay. So they had three together. So my mom has five. Okay. Um, and my dad has three kids before he met my mom. Okay. Then he had three kids with my mom. So All right. He has six. Um. So, and and on that front too, like everybody's everybody, pretty, pretty. I chill. talk to everybody, nice. so I can speak to everybody. Sure. Yeah, sure. I'm not necessarily sure if everyone speaks to everybody, right. but I can talk to everybody. Okay. So. Uh. So in either KCK or Denver, do you were were they playing music when you were little? Oh yeah. What were what was going? What were they into? Oh, like my mom, my mom's into a lot of like R&B, okay. um, like 80s, like we'll listen to some Prince, like nice. some, some Michael Jackson. And then in the 90s, she listened to a lot of Salt and Pepper, a lot of Deborah Cox, Kelly Price, okay, different artists like that, Lauren Hill. Yeah. That's how I discovered uh, that Miss Education album my mom nice. she was listening to. It. I was like, oh, this is like really good. She's Dude. spitting and she's singing. Like Dude. it's kind of crazy. So I know. mean, find me, we'll get to it, but find me. 
a, a section of that album that you want to skip. I mean, it's, right? Just this is very difficult like, to do that. Let it because just it's, let you, it ride. I want the intros. Like, you're gonna miss out on a very specific kind of emotional like what so much woe. You know, right. like oh, man, just, just so much to come out of of that artist. Yeah, and that one album. And know? even like I mean. I make myself look bad here, but uh, the Fuji's record um, with it's like black and you got like shots of their faces. Uh, fuck, I mean it's the big the big one they put. Oh, out. um, that's not the Fuji line. It's, uh, it's no. not ready or not. No, I, I look. It's like I can. It's like the font is like the Godfather movie. Now you got me looking. Right. Yeah. Um. So again, make myself look bad, but uh, I never reached a point where I loved all of that album. The score. The score. The score. Um, oh, I was in seventh grade. And oh, I but, but because I I always want to gravitate towards the tracks where her, you know, she's primarily what you're hearing. It's, it's, uh, I was thinking about this the other day. When you think of someone like that carries a group, or yeah. you're like, there was a group, but there was a person in that group that was so much better than the rest of the group members. And no disrespect to Wyclef. Because he's a great artist. Yes. And a great producer. But I, uh, but that outfit as a sound, yes. I want, that's, it's like medicine. Yeah. You know, such a beauty. Anyway, uh, so m- what was dad listening to? You know, what's really where my dad loved a lot of like old school country music. Okay. So like, know when to hold them, know when to fold them, mm-hmm. all that like old school. Eddie, Eddie Rap, who is that? I, Listen, man, I don't know, but my dad would have all the country music playing in the okay, car. Okay. And I'll just be listening to it. And then he'll go to some 103, but if he's in the car chilling, he just likes his country hey, stories. He's just I like, mean, I don't know. He just likes that music. So, um, what do you remember, or do you remember something like your, you know, because he's got stuff he likes, she's got stuff. But one of the first things where you were like, that's my shit, and I want to have a copy of that or listen to that all the time. Uh, a first love, if the you will. first tape, because it was a tape. Yeah. That I purchased. Okay. Was it's funny? It was Boys and Men. Hey, ABC, two. BBD. No, it was the oh, two oh, album. Okay. So it was the one that went like quadruple platinum or whatever, right. and they had all those singles on that album. That was like my first album that I remember just playing on repeat okay. and flipping it over. And I'm like, man, I just like this R&B sound and just something about how these guys harmonize that I really enjoyed. So, um, so was their first one Cooley High Harmony? Yeah, it was and that. The, it was and that then, weird, yeah. And then Boys to Men 2, it, it was the Roman two numeral. Yes. Uh, I don't know if I know that one, but. Uh, no, oh, you do. Cause it was on bending knee. Um, when the well runs dry. Okay. I'll okay. make love to you. Sure. Like it had all those songs. The um, one, yeah. The one with Mariah Carey, like they had all those. Yeah. Uh, and so any others that stick out like that one? Um, my brothers, cause I had a lot of influence. I had some older yeah. brothers, so they were always listening to like Tupac. Okay. You know what I'm saying? RBL and the posse, like, uh, outcast, like Southern playlistic, like all the old players ball type of music. Um, Ghetto Boys, Man. you know, so like I was getting influenced yeah. by like my older yeah. brothers too, because they were into like the Big Daddy Canes and like sure. all these other artists and stuff. <laughs> and like, you know, it was they, they were a little too old for me, but I was young listening to like, man, these guys are spitting raw. Like, I see what yeah. my brothers are into. I want to yeah. be like those guys. We were uh, talking a minute ago about Tom Segura. He's got a pr- pretty famous bit about Big Daddy Kane. 
So the bit the bit starts off with um, there's it's I'm not gonna do it just perfect, but um, uh, no greater feeling in the world, and I encourage you to try it uh, than to sometimes shout in your best, most aggressive black guy voice. And he's like, and if you if you do it like well enough, every once in a while you'll get somebody to holler back at you, like just into the night, into this, you know. Uh, and so he says something like, uh, um, "Hey, young!" <laughs> A couple seconds go by. What's up, D? <laughs> so he's he's t- talking about how good it feels to do it if you can do it right. Can, yeah. And he's like, "I did it to Big Daddy Kane once, and he was pulling up to the airport." And just whatever the car they were in pulled up behind his or a club somewhere behind his entourage and saw the limo or whatever. And then Big Daddy Kane, and he was a huge, is a huge fan. He's had him on the podcast, actually. Get out. And he was like, shut the fuck up. And he's like, I don't know. Something took over. And I just went, sup, Kane? And he whipped around. And he was like, wasn't me. <laughs> but anyway, so he says, uh, if you ever see Big Daddy Kane, Please do the same. Um, but I just saw an Instagram reel from him right before you got here. Uh, <laughs> the caption says, uh, the rare, rarely seen five-legged elephant. And there's just this elephant walking by, and its business is like touching the ground, basically. And he's like, I would, if I had that, uh, I, would, I would take my time, too. Uh, and I would wear gray sweatpants for the rest of my life and make sure no females ever look me in the eye. <laughs> so you do you. It's just funny. Oh, but uh, goodness. They uh, say, uh, I think uh, they, they had, I saw some picture with Big Daddy Kane, Madonna, and somebody else. Oh, no, it was uh, one of them supermodels. And they were like, they like got it on. I was like, nah, Big Daddy Kane was the real. He was the real deal. Yeah. Like, man. Uh, that, that, so uh, the sex book. Madonna's uh-huh. sex comes up in the Your Mom's House episode with Big Daddy Kane, and they're like, "What's up? Did you and Madonna?" and and he was like, "You know who I am. Like you would know, or something like, uh, you would know, and she would be telling you. You wouldn't have to hear it from me." Oh, okay. and I was like, "Damn, okay." <laughs> um, That's hilarious. I let you know. But okay, so you got like you got a little. Uh, f- flair for the r&b and then of course like uh tons of tons of rap and hip-hop too from for brothers sure. mm-hmm. um i liked a little bit of alternative too so like okay. I, I was when i lived in colorado so i was exposed to some you know what i'm saying moving to the country yeah. made me a lot of peaches you know what i'm saying yeah alanis morissette had a really good good album you yeah know what i'm saying like it was just really hot like when i was in seventh yeah. grade it was just like well what the business was so so you went and i don't know if this is uh I suppose the reason I want to do this is because I want to find out like if this is a dangerous avenue with most anyone else that t- will talk to me about rap. Uh, but you, one of the first names you said was when it came to your brothers was Tupac. Correct. Uh, but you did not say Biggie. And it's just, it was a big East Coast, West Coast yep. type of thing. And I think at the time, my brothers, they bought into like, we we're West Coast. Okay. You know what I'm saying? We lived in Colorado. You're on yep. mountain time. We're yep. We're West Coast guys. Like Biggie, Biggie's albums was good. Ready to Die was great. Like you know what I'm Says saying. Says you. <laughs> so Life After Death was really good. I mean, you know, I I like those albums that Biggie had, but sure. I just felt like Biggie didn't get enough time to really give us everything. I just have more than once run into 
I think maybe it's a natural magnetic draw to to pit the two as rappers against each other. Right. And forget all forget the East Coast, forget all that, the drama and whatever. Just rapping like give me Tupac all day every day. Ooh, you can keep Biggie. I don't know. Yo. See, that's a difficult discussion cuz Biggie is a very prolific. He's a very I'm telling you this story now. You can visualize what I'm telling you. Like the first stories I seen, I think I was listening to like a Biggie album. I'm like, man, I can see the red dot on this guy's head. Like you know, Tupac more of a poetic guy. Like, and that's tugs in my heartstrings, my emotions. That's more. Yeah, I lived in the poverty. I understood. The, the single moms, the the trying to grow up and the, when when Tupac was on that, then I understood like, oh, the system's against me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm a successful black male, but I'm being attacked. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And I'm being, I'm being, you know what I'm saying, blown up to be an escape goat or I'm trying to be an example sure. made out of me. So like, so yes, you, I definitely felt the whole Tupac. Zero beef saying that you're basically equal fans of both. Oh yeah. No, okay. I don't. Okay. Like, I don't. I don't dig just, into the politics. No, of but the, I'm, I'm saying strip all that away. Just like flow, the poetic right. piece. Like it just, and I don't mean I don't, I don't have any interest in like belittling Biggie. He just wasn't ever for right me. for you. Yeah, for you. But I feel like if there wasn't no Biggie, I don't know if there would be a Jay Z. Like you know what I'm saying? I don't know because they 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 built they picked each other's brain a lot. Yep, like yep. you know what I'm saying? There's a lot that he took from there sure. and he still catapulted off of and he made that's what I'm saying like I think Biggie would be just as big as Jay if he was still alive okay uh okay so so wind out high yeah. and then did you go to KU no, no just a big fan I'm with the community okay. college okay um but what? I was always in Lawrence kicking it were you really <laughs> I was always it's going the, down one of the Lawrence. best places in the world to kick it <laughs> and I'm from KCK so it was 20 minute drive yeah so yeah like, okay all right far at all, so uh so how did you how did you and Amanda meet oh uh, we just met out uh, going out okay uh nightlife you yeah know, light was a big deal blind it, was a big deal she was like whenever there was an like the a new, new spot she was always the head head waitress right she was all like they were bringing her over yeah she was, she was really good yeah you know, she did and i think she did pretty well doing she that amazing yeah um okay so just all right and then you guys have um uh an adopted and Son. a bio yep um and so just sheer ignorance um he seems just in social media pictures like a super gleeful, Outgoing happy, man. joyful boy. Very. Um, what kind of awareness does he have about his roots? Oh, he knows everything. And my wife, she's done a great job okay. uh, from day one of like keeping track and everything of the whole adoption process from where he was being adopted from. She's even went back. We found his birth mom. We've met her in person. No, He's when? met other siblings when? a few years ago. No shit. Yeah, a few years ago we went back because we've been back to Haiti a few times. And my wife, she did it. She we we found his mom. We met his sisters. We met like some of his like nieces and nephews because his sisters had kids. So like that place. Met- I mean, like she. Okay, I I don't have much, but here's what I remember. Uh, it she wanted to do it and it was taking a super long time and then the it fucking, was a process and then the earthquake and she, they, she was over visiting happened him and she was in the earthquake and then they were like okay just go and, and take then, them or well all the kids that if you had their paperwork they were going to get early parole if 
if you can show identification and they were trying to move the kids that were close to being adopted out to those homes. Okay. Because a lot of the paperwork was lost in the earthquake in the downtowns and all the buildings and the rubble. So if you can show it and you got your governor to sign off on it, you can go flying and okay. pick your kid up. How's the place? Has the place recovered? Uh, I don't Everything is going to ever fully right. recover. I don't think they really got all the funds that was raised for mm. them to use that. I still like funds were raised and they went elsewhere. Billions. Yeah. Billions like five billion or more was raised. And we don't know where it went. Yeah, Shit. so you go over there, and then there's like supplies, and it, it's just weird. It's just it's it should have been rebuilt ten times over. You know what I mean? But you know, wow, they overthrew their colonizers at one point, so they were alienated from like okay. the global okay. trade anyway. Because the French tried to tried to uh, colonize them, and they threw them out, wow. killed them, and you know. Um. So like essentially, would I mean? Do you, is he like totally at peace with the way that his well, yeah, journey has? Because I think when you're honest and you know everything, there's nothing to. There's no back doors. Like my wife right. we, and I. Then every step of the way, I'm like, hey, like we just got to be completely honest. Like let's just be honest with him so he understands. Have, have you met birth mom? Yeah, we all met. We okay. Got pictures. Okay. We got pictures and is, everything. Is she cool? I she mean, was super yeah. cool. Uh, nice. Met her new husband, their family. Like we, we, we like met them. We got a hotel. We were able to track them down. They were they were actually came to see us. Oh, it they wasn't did? as simple as I'm making the scene because one day we lost a full day trying to do it, but then we did communicate, and then the next days that we were able to see them, it just made it that much better. Okay. While we were uh, in Haiti. So, and would you say the same is true with them? Like they don't feel like they feel. No, I think they feel like they have to do what they have to do, like okay. during, because of the circumstances. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's just it's a lot of poverty. So, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? And you can't, you don't know what you don't know, and you're trying to give that kid the best life that you can. Right. And if it's to hand it over to an orphanage or something like that, like that's what you got to do. You know, that's what they're trying to do in America right now, anyway. So I you mean, can't have any abortions and do anything? Now. Oh God. So yeah. Um, and then. Uh, was there some fostering happening too? Oh yeah, we did a lot of fostering for like seven years or so. Seven? Yeah, we. I think we've had a kid in our house consistently for seven years and up until the last couple months. Jocelyn's ten. Jocelyn's ten. So for sure. like she was three when you started. Well, yeah. Wow. Well, I think we had our licensing before that, but like when we were started having consistent kids, she was about three or so. Would you ever have more than one at a time? We've had we've had two okay. at a time. Three, I think, was the max. And it was we had an emergency placement and we had okay. a placement. So now yeah, was that done it, yeah. arriving at that being a thing that's part of your life, was that a thing that that she introduced and you agreed or like together? I think it was or? one of those things. Um our pregnancy with Jocelyn when we had the birth, we had a home birth and it kinda scared us. We had the same Right, uh, doula. Yeah, we had the right? same doula. Nada. So, yeah, Nada. I love her. She's shouts like out to Nada. Yeah, she's like the. Dopest. She moved away and then came back. I yeah. think. Yeah. And she's like a part of like this doula group. And yeah. She's like these, I saw it on Facebook. Like yeah. I rarely be on there. Yeah. But, um, right. So and it was kind of difficult when Jocelyn came out. You know, she kicked one of on Amanda's organs and it didn't like go no back in properly. No way. Really. So it kind of scared us. So I got fixed right away. Okay. So then I was like, if we want more, if we want to expand our family, we can foster. We can adopt. Like, okay. you know, we can do it another way. Like, we don't have to go through go through this. Did she, like, was there a period where, like, maybe a really long period where she was told or led to believe that, that she, she couldn't could, have yeah, kids? Yeah, okay. So, and then, and knowing all that, and then knowing, like, it was just, 
by way of how Jocelyn sat in her when she came out, she kicked. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She um she kicked one of the uh, it couldn't contract. So it couldn't contract back into where it was supposed to and she was bleeding out a lot. Oh damn. So once that happened and me thinking about that Ari, my wife may not be able to have kids at, at one point in her life, um, because of her pituitary tumor. Um it just made me want to just be like, look, we can expand our family. There's plenty of kids out here that need yeah, love. Cool. And, and if we're feeling that itch, we got a boy, we got a girl, they're both healthy. You Did you? We could foster. In the, in the seven years up until, re, was there ever any friction in the house because somebody was not doing what they're supposed to do? Or was it all smooth sailing? It, it, I don't think, you got kids, you got yeah, a family. Like right. Never, nothing's ever smooth sailing. <laughs> somebody's always in a mood or yeah. an attitude and you just try to temper as many moods as you can. Sure. Um, I just know that I think up until recently, we just kind of felt like the kids just needed a break. Your, like, you know, your kids, my kids That's, needed a break so, so, so they could have their own space. Like, you know what I'm saying? Live in their own home, like right. have us focus on them Cool. instead of trying to navigate someone else's problems within ours and help those kids out too. And, not necessarily put yours on the back burner, but like, right. hey, you have your support system right. trying to help this kid that doesn't have anything. Is there, um, I, I think I know the answer to this question, is there a lot of um, red tape to get to a spot where you're like uh, approved to be, I mean, people come into your home and check stuff out and right. look into your background. I mean, Correct. a uh, whole bunch of stuff, they right? They do FBI checks. They do all the background okay. checks. They come in to make sure that your home is suitable for you to be able to take extra kids or... How, how you're living. You did know you saying? did you have to make any changes to your home after they once came? Well, since our new house, we got a swimming pool. They told us that, like, hey, you got to cover the pool every day if you want to have a pool. And we were like, oh, okay. So when you come visit, we'll cover it. <laughs> and when you're not Is it a visit, thing that you have to do manually? Well, oh, it's hard to put the cover I, on. That's, that's why. Yeah. That's why you. Because some people just got that like, right. no, you know. That's why it's, one, it's done once a year. It's not an easy thing. It's why it's done yeah. once a year. So. Okay. Wow. Um, so you're taking a. That's that's great, man. Uh, I I that's what by friction, you know. I was like, your kids feeling like. Uh, they never felt probably, resentful. Like they never felt resentful or the other. They knew what we were doing. Sure. They knew what it was, and they were friends with the kids. That's like, cool. They felt lost when the kids left to go back home because all our kids that left our home went back to a relative they went back to a home so it's just they understood it it just sometimes you just know they need a break yeah sometimes they they just need you to pour into them i mean all that extra uh i don't mean this to be weird but it's i think it's gonna sound weird no matter what um when you hear uh that that is a thing that somebody that you know is doing it really just kind of makes you step outside of yourself and be like you know you're kind of a piece of shit like look at look at what that's in i mean but I, don't look at it like that well everyone do what they can do it's like, a legit like huge need that the world has right and you if you if you do a little bit that means a lot right i think it's more of a need than what than what people realize once they get into it and you see the numbers and then you see the numbers in like the rural areas and then you're like man those numbers is almost as twice as the cities well and you're like well, how and I, it's just, I think a good place to start is like can you picture seven billion people or whatever the world population is in your mind can you picture how many people that is 
and you know that looking at that entire group of people, not everybody's got it amazing Correct. by a long shot. And there's a whole spectrum. Uh, and there's going to be some people that, you know, that are at the bottom. Yeah. And dealing with real, a lot of issues, real yeah, art issues. Real, yeah. Just so. you drive past, you see your army vets are like, I don't get the, I don't got the proper mental health. I was able to fight for our country, but I don't have the right services. Yeah. And, you know, then it's a blame game. Then at that point, you know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's a, I guess it's a weird roundabout way of saying major, major kudos to you guys. Like, that's, I mean, and that's not just for a minute. It's not just one kid. That's a really big contribution. You know, talk about uh, the world needing, you know, there's it's like a bank, right? There's deposits and withdrawals. And the world needs deposits because everybody's withdrawing yeah, everybody's all the time. Everybody's withdrawing, taking, taking, taking. Um, so, uh, what? Uh, I can't remember what your gig is. You like? I do so- some software, software stuff. Okay. ECM, do some software consulting. And have you been doing that since the old place? Yep. Okay. I've been doing it for at least the last about ten years. You ever miss that old years. place? Um, I do. Yeah, it, 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 the yeah. one in Westport. It kind of had a cool front porch to it. Oh, we still got that house. Oh, you do? We rented it out. <laughs> okay. I mean, but I have been working at Sprint and uh, Perceptive and now Highland since then. Okay. But, yeah, we still have that place. We rented okay. it out. Okay. Uh, I don't. I always thought that place was cool. West I was Plaza. only there a couple times. But. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the new place is like Hyde Beacon Park-ish. Hill. No, it's Beacon Hill 26 and Tracy. It's Beacon Hill. East. Mm. Tracy is east. A good Right. Yeah. So we're like a block off Paseo. Okay. The Paseo. So we're okay. super close to 18th and Vine. Oh wow! Right. So okay. Isaac's at Lincoln College Prep, uh, Johnson Hill Academy, Lafayette. Both. Oh, you come all, all the way over here oh, for. She's at the Cherry Campus. Oh, I didn't know there's another one. All right. Okay. So there's three campuses. Oh, really? So tra- uh, Armor. There's Armor Road. There's the middle school. Okay. And then uh, there's the other campus. They have a high school. I forgot where. It's Fucking located. bunch of French speaking motherfuckers. Yes, everywhere. they are. Wow. We that it was great going to France with my French speaking ass kids. Yes, yes. Honey, yes. Uh, tell the man. <laughs> Isaac, tell him I right. don't want to spend. That. He, I don't spend oh, this. but Isaac, he's only not been in Academy Lafayette for one year. So oh, like, so he's he still speaks, yes. okay. And in Haiti, they speak Creole uh, and French. Right, right. So that was the main. That was the main push to make sure right. that he kept the language. Um, so you've been at the new place for a couple of years now, right? Right. We've been there since 19, December. Okay. 19. Okay. And cool neighborhood. I don't know the neighborhood. It's that cool. Well. It's cool neighborhood. It's definitely gentrified. Uh, they're gentrifying what? the neighborhood. They're mm-hmm. like building up, raising prices and you know, but it's a beautiful area now. Like it's so close to downtown. Okay. So I'm glad you used that word. Um, does gentrification, um, do you think that it like more often than not has intent or is it just the way shit happens? It's a hundred percent intent. Okay. So even though people say it's the way shit happens, it's a hundred percent intentful because you're obviously you're rebuilding it and you're pricing a certain section of people out. So you're like, but but are you trying to do that? Are you more interested in making money? They're more interested in making money. Yeah. And, and the, and, and the pricing people out is a side effect, right? Or is it like, I would rather price these people out, forget about my money or is do the things meet, you know, you know what I'm saying? They're trying to make money and push people out at the same okay. time. That's... And if you're raising the prices, you're doing, you're doing both yeah. at the same time without saying you're doing both at the same time. Yeah. Well, uh, because you're saying affordable housing, but it's $2,000 a month for an apartment affordable. 
uh, $2,000 a month for a mortgage is not affordable. I mean, like, I'm... So I don't know who's moving in these places, but I'm like, man, seventeen hundred for a studio or something. Nuh-uh. It's like some crazy prices. Look them up. Go look at the and they're throwing them up so fast. Now then the houses, the interest rates are so high right now, so they're five six yeah. percent. So like you know what I mean. Some of the properties are tax abated, but they're allowing these builders to come in and they're doing tax free build, hmm. builds and so you like apartments. the neighborhood but you definitely I wish that's it was not more affordable i wish we can rebuild and still make things affordable for the people and not price them out of their neighborhoods right because there was a reason everyone it was white flight people didn't want to be in the city they wanted to be in the suburbs like back in back our, in the our day. grandparents right that's why through 70 that's why 71 is through neighborhoods the, there's a highway they built through neighborhoods and if you go do research it's for it was for a reason people wanted to drive they didn't want to drive through the city they wanted to drive like very through it through the city like i don't want to stop there three stoplights and i want to keep going to my suburb hmm. so interesting park lee summit raymore i want to go up north. yeah i just want to not be in the city but now everybody wants to be back in the city so now they're like, let me go buy it up for cheap and let me sell it for high. So that's 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 the game now. It's like buy it for cheap. It's like, well, buy your own block back, rebuild it, yeah. and have more like-minded people move there. But a lot of people, when you grow up in the city, you feel like you made it if you make it to the suburbs for some reason. But then you, you were mad about our schools and everything, but then we got all these charter schools popping up, and then we got the private schools, and then we're just diluting what we have for our public schools and the taxes in those cities, and it's like a our problem. Like, yeah. that we ha- it, it ta- it's going to take the people to fix it, opposed to, like, you know what I'm saying, I mean, some sort of people, bill or something. I think you, the people have to want to fix it first. You got to understand what the problem is first and then have intent and yeah. then fix it but it uh, takes everybody because when i went to school you went to school with rich kids you went to school with poor kids you went to school with middle class kids it was like there was a mixture yeah and like really now it's like if you got the money you're going to private and yeah. if you're upper middle class you're going private or you're going to something you can pay for because you feel like it's going to give you a better education than right. the public you know it's just it's just a lot different now yeah um so when we <laughs> Uh, when you gave me your list, uh, I was like, uh, okay. I mean, I know the Eminem record and I know the Lauren Hill record, but I had never like intentionally and consciously sat down and listened to Lil Wayne or DMX it's crazy. Uh, or Master P. Um, so this was uh, a treat. Um, and I just typically, so like I said, I got some notes on tracks. Hey, I'm ready. Um, so the Carter, um, the Carter two, uh, the Carter two, so two, we, 2005. And funny that you just corrected me there. Cause there's a difference. Because, well, we texted about it. You were like, Oh my God, the Carter two, uh, huge difference. LOL. Big difference. And I was like, I didn't know. Anyways. It's just growth. It's just knowing that you're going to be the best and then knowing you are the best. So there's a difference. And then there's a quarter three where it's like, no, I am the best. And this is why. So like, you know what I'm saying? So there's like this whole, there's this whole maturation process of Wheezy from. That's, that's how Wayne. how long has that been his nickname? Wheezy, Lil Wheezy been since uh, I mean, Block is Hot. Well, since he was in the Hot Boys. Since, I mean. Since you got to go back to 2000 and 2001, like Guerrilla Warfare. 90, would, like, would they, did you watch Chappelle's show? Yeah. Did you, I feel like. I used to hear Wheezy from time to time 
on, but I never knew what it, who it was referring to. It depends on what the skit was. Yeah, of course. But, uh, um, anyway, um, super fascinating dude. Very. Um, you know, uh, he's a, a junior, right? Or maybe. No, it was Dwayne Michael Carter. He calls himself Birdman Jr. He calls him because there's another rapper, Stunderman, right. Birdman. Um, that was like his mentor, the right, guy that but, ran Cash Money. But I mean, yeah. he he and his dad share the same name, <laughs> like when he was born, right? Oh yeah, and yeah. and he took the D off of it because dad's Dwayne, mm-hmm. and he took the D off because uh, he said my dad is alive, but has never been a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And he isn't now, so I don't want to be Dwayne. I want to be Wayne. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh man, like that's super, super cool, super admirable." Oh, like yeah. hurts a little bit to to. But hear. a lot of guys that are successful, they're like, "My dad wasn't there." Like, look at LeBron, my favorite basketball player. Like, his dad wasn't in his life. His mom was raising him. That's on like, I guess the point is like, it's it's a little sad every time I hear that. Like, because right. I don't want a person to, uh, you know, feel that way. Like. I don't know, but it's just it's something that you can't change. I know, you know? I but know. It, it helped fill some, it helped fuel something inside of yeah. you to be great. Yeah, like, I'm gonna show you like you should have been in my life. Yeah, I was special. Uh, I mean, um, t- let's see, twenty is it twenty two ep- two episodes ago? Um, the person in that chair uh, was in. At the same hospitality industry spot, Anna and I met, and for a long like was worked there for a long time, and then found a person, got married, had a child, and then years have gone by, and it took, you know, I don't see her, you know, and her anyway, so she's sitting there, and I I find out that like she's on her own, like dad is, he's around, but he and I'm like, what? Like it's tough. That's always I'm. I just I don't know. Obviously, I feel bad for the parent and the kid, but I don't know. It's sort of like you know avoiding confrontation and scrap. Like I don't know how you could walk around in a all day every day knowing, knowing you got a and kid. not go crazy. You got a whole kid out here, multiple kids, and you don't take care of. You're not in their life at all. They might pop up on you and you see you like, just trust me. Like I know cause I foster kids and then like, they'll still talk to their parents. And I'll be like, man, you have both of your parents and like neither one has custody, but they're yelling at you about something. And like, this can't go down. Like I have to get the phone. Like, nope, you can't disrespect this kid this way because he's in care and you're half the reason and you're the other half. So if there's any punishments here, I'm I'm laying out the punishments. It's not y'all. We're trying to repair your relationship, dude. You know, so it is tough. How could how could you? I can't be friends. I wouldn't. I couldn't be friends with someone that's like, bro, you're a deadbeat. Because basically, that's what you are. You're a deadbeat. You don't have to get along with your kid's mom to be in your kid's life. Like you got to figure it out. Whatever it is, you got to figure it out. And if you try hard enough, guess what? You'll figure it out. Right. Or, or try a little bit. You know. <laughs> you just gotta try. Yeah. Like, Cause I know mom wants a break, bro. Like she don't want to do all this on her own. Like yeah. I, I was raised by a single mom. Now my dad worked, 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 sent child support. God is when he could. My yeah. mom had sole yeah. custody. She chose to move away. Once I was older, I understood it. I was like, oh, she left a whole state where you're like, son, this is the '90s. Like I'm working 18 hour days. Like I'm trying to provide money. Like you got to eat. And my mom was like, no, I'm moving. And then it's just like, well, you got sole custody. I can't do anything about that. You know, but if you're here, 
I'm gonna see my kids. You know, it's just a difference than acting oblivious. Like, no, my kid lives four blocks from me, but I never see him. I mean, it's it, I just I don't I don't know. But how, it's how how it's I could I, I don't know how I could feel good about you know how like if uh, something in your house breaks and it, that whatever that thing is it hasn't typically been your wheelhouse of handiness but you figure it out and you fix it and you feel you fucking good you, you feel, feel good about it you're like I got like, to this how do you go how do you go feel good about a little thing like that when that is just you know what I'm saying like it's always looming or I would think it would be. Unless there's a way to just turn it off. I just don't think I could enjoy life like I should, knowing that I'm missing out on so much of life. Yeah. Because that's what you're doing at that point. Well, um, okay. So uh, last last episode, uh, dude gave me a huge list, and I, I had to pare it down. Uh, we couldn't. You told me five. I was like, I'll give you five albums yeah. off the top, and yeah. I gave them to you yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. I was like, no. So, but one of his uh, records was the very first police record. Um, so I'm looking shit up about them. They had they had five total records over a pretty short window. Because that's and, Phil Collins, right? No, it's Sting. Sting, Bruce Sting. Uh, Sting? Sting and Stuart Copeland. Okay. And Sting, yeah, I forget Sting. the guitar players. Huh. Anyway. See, I don't know. But um, so, so just short window, five records, and by the fifth record, uh, they all recorded their shit separately. And then, you know, because they weren't getting along. But uh-huh. but the, uh, across five records, they sold seventy five million copies, and I was like, "Damn, that's fucking nuts!" This dude sold over one hundred twenty million records, and I was just like, "God damn, people have been buying some Lil Wayne." Um, he he carried hip hop. He's my favorite artist. Okay, okay. So if I was to choose a one, I would choose. Wayne. Okay. Um. He's like, yeah, he's he's a year older than I am. Okay, but then there was just a, there was just a year. There was just like that 05 to two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. It's just if you go back to hip hop, if you look at the books, he you, he retired. If, like if if you go from 05 to two thousand ten, he there was so much content. There was just remixes, mixtapes, real albums, just so much stuff, and he was just on the top of his game. It was just it was like the greatest feat I've ever watched. It's like watching Michael Jordan in his prime, and you're like, no, I can't really tell you about the six rings. You kind of have to watch them. Like, you know what I'm saying? You have to watch them do it. Because now you go see highlights. You're like, oh, he's just a scorer. It's like, no, you have to watch him demoralize these guys. Like, take their hearts. They were scared to guard him. That's how Wayne is. Wayne is like, he's so good. Like, that's the thing. And it's like, had a little lull, and now he's like, bounced back, and he's like, so good. And all his features the last three years, or his mixtapes, you listen to him, you're like, man, this kid is like, young again. You know? Wow. He did hit the drug spell, like he was on the lean. He was on the opiates heavy. He was sipping lean, like all the time. He was what? Sipping lean. That's what they, that's what they call it. Sipping lean. Like L-E-A-N. Okay. It's just codeine. It's just okay. uh, cough syrup, oh, the, soda, like- with candy, and they'll drink it. It makes you a zombie. You know what I mean? But it gives you like, it's it's more it's a it's a, it's a, a opiate so it's like liquid morphine in your body so it makes you feel like uh, I bet it feels amazing so like <laughs> you know what I mean so yeah. he had to slow down like you know what I mean but 
he sold all those records. Dude. He, he was robbed. Like, did you look? Did you see that he didn't get paid all his money? Like, the I guy. I mean, he's had a, so much shit happen. He's yes. had seizures. Seizures. He's been sued. He's been sued. He's been he's been the sewer yeah. trying to get money back. Yep. He tried to yes. kill himself yeah. when he was 12. Oh, but no, I didn't see that. Yeah, he, he, shot, he shot himself when he was 12. Wow. Tried to commit suicide. So, like, he's been through so much. And. Look, he discovered, like, who'd he sign? He signed Nicki Minaj. He signed Drake. He signed, like, artists as just as big as he was. Like, he just had an eye for talent. Like, he just saw, like, I can do this. And if he would have really had his label set up like it was supposed to and not like it was and he was getting all his money stolen under this other umbrella, like, he would be the biggest. Like, wow. Like, you, he probably would have been a billionaire before Jay-Z. Like, Young Money, they would have... With Drake and Nicki Minaj and himself, like he would have just surpassed it so that's so much faster, but his money was getting stolen. So like you know what I mean? Somebody yeah. was shaving off the top. Damn. But if your paperwork's not right, that's what happens. Like you know what I'm saying? So and then you get stressed out, you have your seizures, you start losing your hair. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you go to jail for a little bit of time for a gun that's on on your bus, but like, you know, you're paranoid. Like you know what I'm saying? So if I had millions, somebody was trying to kill me and, you know, Young Thug's in jail now. But his manager, they tried to kill Lil Wayne at one point. Like, if you go do the research, it's, like, so crazy. But Wayne is the best, in my opinion. Um, that's why they do these versus battles now. Like, there's no one to versus Wayne. Like, I don't think that it would be a fair fight. Hmm. Like, it just wouldn't be fair because he has that much lines or that much music. Sure. Um, to me. Um, he... Um he, he's he's a wild dude um the mob uh oh fantastic fantastic beat as soon as you walk in the, just, the raps i was like mm. uh, it's just but the beat it's just but it's like six minutes of just rapping but if you listen to the carter and you know their beef and that stuff they had you listen to it, you're like oh this is phenomenal but you gotta like gotta know where everything is coming up from like what led up to the okay. point of the Carter okay. two. So there's a lot that leads I'm up sure. to the Carter two, And then you're like, Oh shit. Uh, this is crazy. Fly in was Love epic. Yeah. Uh, good, good, good flow. Uh, so talked about the dad thing. Uh, but I, I saw something that said he retired after the Carter five, which was like 10 years ago. Well, the Carter five just came out a couple years ago. And he only reason he said he retired because that was supposed to be his last album on that other label, but they wouldn't release him. Oh. So, so he wrote it a long so time ago? So he wrote it a long time ago. I so see. then he had to redo some other songs because that album was supposed to drop years ago. But then they were like, we're not letting you out of your deal. So then he was like, no, I need this Carter 5 album because now I'm leaving your label. I want to start my own thing. Right. I want to leave with this album. You can keep everything else. So I want to leave with this. Across this window that you were talking about, was it 05 to 10, you said? Where he was just the greatest. Oh, yes. So are you like aware when the new record's coming out and Everything. getting it immediately immediate, like, okay as soon as when it drops like okay. my buddies are headed over with the bag of kush like <laughs> ready to play 2k like okay. bro all right we're about to listen to no ceilings uh, like this is this is dedication N too. nba 2k oh yeah for sure do you, NBA you, 2K. you yeah. log some hours doing that I used to. I used to log plenty. My son does now. Okay. But I make sure that he has the tools to log those hours. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, has that always been your your game of right. choice? Yeah. Never uh, been a Madden guy? I would play Madden. Um, 
early years I would play Madden after 05, it kind of got the same. Yeah, yeah. kind of was. Because 2K was the football. Like, you got to do the 2K football, and then that's when Madden bought the licensing. And then it was kind of like, man, they're going to give us the same game every year. Oh, and they did. They yeah. still have. Okay, okay. But that's but NBA Live didn't survive because 2K makes a better sports game. Mm. And the only thing keeping them from doing the football was the money. Because it was like we don't want to buy the licensing, the full licensing okay. like EA does. So. Uh, so you you still, I mean, play video games. Yeah, we got an Xbox X and a PlayStation right, 5 but but also consume a decent amount of NBA. I watch NBA more than only thing I watch more than NBA is KU basketball. Okay, and they only got thirty games pretty right, much season. So. Right. Uh, so how did you um, this past finals? Um, it was. I knew Bo- what was going to happen. Boston and Golden State. Is that, right. And yeah. Golden State won in six. Or yeah, I think yeah they won in six. Um, and did you suspect that that it was going to go down that way? Correct. Um, and once once Boston made it, I was like, oh, yeah, they can't beat Golden State. They don't got enough. Wow. Uh, and how many is that for Steph now? Like th- four. 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 Okay. I mean, he's still pretty young, isn't he? Uh, thirty-two. Okay. Okay. But for NBA, for what he does, he's young. I mean, he could win. He could win. He could win a couple four, more. A couple more. He could win a couple more. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a crunch of numbers because why why do people hate him? Uh, not just, not to say that a lot do, but sometimes they hear people don't like him because he's more. They don't feel like he's a grimy basketball player. When I say grimy basketball player, I think he's more finesse. He's more pretty, like front. What's runner. wrong with that? It's like, hey, I want to shoot a pretty jumper. I want to cross you over, throw up a floater, laugh at you. Like I want to play. You know, what I'm saying I'm gonna shoot extra deep. So now you're playing off of me. So now I'm gonna shoot the ball even deeper. So you know what I mean. So now when they see like kids play basketball, kids are trying to emulate oh, what Steph does. Okay. So they feel like he. He, like, you know what I'm saying, messed the game up. But I just – I don't feel that way. I don't feel like Steph's a tough player, but I feel like – But not everybody has – not every player has to be tough. No one has to be tough. There's a way to stop Steph. Like, I don't think you can stop LeBron. Like, you know what right. I'm saying? I don't think there's a way to stop Jordan when okay. he was in his prime or Magic. I think there's a way that you can shut Steph down. Now, he's a, still a great player, but yeah. I think there's a way if you get physical with him and you he's not running off a million screens, there's a way to shut him down. Right. So uh, intentional, otherwise, uh, maybe my own, uh, I don't know. But I've never really, like, you know, uh, listened to a bunch of interviews or watched him play a bunch of basketball. But every time I see him or hear about him, he always seems like he's probably a pretty good dude. No, he's probably a great guy. He probably doesn't, you know, like go home and kick the dog and curse out the neighbor and... And then yeah, he just—he's a really, really good basketball but player. But when he's winning, he's talking. Okay. He's a talker. When he's winning, he's talking. talking if talking. you're gonna talk, you gotta he's be a little being, tough. He's being kind of, you know, kind of assholeish. Oh. When you're winning. But if you're losing, you're kind of sulking. You don't got that same energy. You're kind of like. For real, that's how Steph is. It's kind of like a sulker. Like you know okay. what I'm saying? He's not really that same high I mean, energy. That, all of that sounds like he's kind of flirting with being a poor sport. <laughs> A little bit. So, a little so bit. some people see that and they're like, I don't know. Okay, like okay. I've never known. I've, but yeah. I watch them because I'm a, I'm a huge LeBron fan. Okay. And I'm a huge proponent of organizations help you win titles, opposed to great players. They got to recognize they have a great player. Yeah. And then it's on that organization to do right by that player. Okay. 
Um, and we see it in sports all the time. Look at the line. Look at Detroit. Like they never like they'll get a Calvin Johnson and they don't want to do anything with them or Barry Sanders. And you're like, bro, like you gotta do something else. Uh, I I think I saw that Wayne is a big Nirvana fan. He is. And then he blogged for ESPN the magazine. For, he, did, he did for a little bit. I mean, he was on. He was a he was a regular. Him and Skip Bayless, a really good friend. For real? Yeah. Oh, that like, guy. They, so meaning the dude that sits opposite Shannon Sharp. Yeah. I can't stand. I, I heard. I feel persona. like I seriously <laughs> feel like I need to have a shower because I just heard his name. Oh, you know, but they. I like Shannon Sharp. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you don't know those guys. They like each other behind the scenes. Like you know, right. they go out to dinner. Right. We're supposed to hate one and like the other one. Um. So, uh, in 2016. Uh, Apparently, he made some critical Black Lives Matter statements. Yes, I just... Uh, I don't feel connected to a damn thing that ain't got nothing to do with me. If you do, you crazy as shit. Later added that his status as a wealthy black man who has white fans is evidence that black people are valued in the United States. I was like, that. whoa! I don't... Man, listen. I, I, that, I don't take everyone's quotes as face value or whatever mood they were in i don't know sure but if you go back and look at when george bush was president and his old music when he was plugged in to the streets and he wasn't this hundred millionaire 200 million guy guy that lives in a penthouse somewhere that doesn't that isn't in the hood anymore so like it's hard to relate to these guys um yeah on that type of level and then since this is a black successful person they want to put a mic in your face and be like hey can you speak out on, on the black lives <laughs> matter movement but you come from where he comes from, like very impoverished, poor, like, no, you know the problems that I have. Like, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? This there's a sex offender lives in my neighborhood and I live out here in a rich neighborhood, wherever. Like I'm getting flyers saying there's a sex offenders. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't escape it, but like how they voice it on TV and how you see it. Like I live it. Like I'm a black man in, in America. Like it's just they find the most successful ones like, hey, how do you feel about this? And it's like, bro, what do you want me to say? Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? I work for all these corporations and enterprises that are run by these powerful cis yeah. gender male guys or whatever. And you want to talk to me about Black Lives Matter when we got this racist ass president. You know what I'm saying? And then he are needed you, that president. Are you, are you talking about Bush? No, I'm talking about Trump. Because my next thing is, did he really endorse Trump? He had to or do that. Pop him up or something. He had to because he needed to be. Um, his the Fed seized his uh, his plane, and he had already had really? a gun charge. Okay. So they ran on Little Wayne's plane, and they found a forty five gun that had his initials. That was a gift to him. Someone gave him a gift. It was like this gold gun. I was like, "Where were we playing in Gold Nine? 007, bro? What's going on?" And then he was going to do like ten years. Damn. So for having a gun. So he had to get on the pardon list. Okay. So, and Trump's drawing for straws, and they're asking all these no. people like, who can who can do a concert for me? Trying to go against Biden, who can do this? So they was like, hey, y'all got a little bit of scratch my back, I scratch yours. And when you rich and you trying to, I don't want to go to jail for ten years. I don't want to go to jail for ten minutes. So so bro, so what you need me to say? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're not going to win. So what you need me to do? <laughs> like, you, what you need me to do? So, like, I don't hold that against anybody. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not snitching on somebody else. You're just telling people, like, hey, Trump ain't that bad of a dude. But other people were trying to work with him to get some other initiatives going for their communities. And people were like, you can't work with this racist. But it's just like, 
but it's the president. He holds a lot of power. Like you know what I'm saying. So, are you I don't are you know. keeping tabs on the? No. I don't even fucking know. Somebody done rated some shit. Yeah, I'm too busy, bro. Yeah, like, same. Kids got too many activities. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and my spare time, I want to be doing some shit I want to do. Like you know what I'm saying. I want to be like, let me read about some documents. Right. right. That had confidential yeah. On top secret. Uh, best rapper alive. I love the backup vocals on it. Oh, it was good. Man. Um. Yeah. And Lock and Load featuring Corrupt at that point, best track so far. Um, Hold on, what's the best track so far? So when I'm doing my listen, uh-huh. I at at the, at this point, and there's still a lot left. But I was like, Lock and Load, that's the best track so far. Oh, you like the corrupt, the corrupt, yeah. Produced uh, okay. Grown Man featuring Currency with those little dollar sign for the S, which was dope. Uh, and his flow is oh Currency, yeah, Jet Life, yeah. I've never never heard of him. Uh, Entertainment Weekly, Ryan Dumball. Uh, this record transcends Wayne's inflated ego. Does he have? Has he been known as, as a guy with you a big? Got, I wouldn't say that, but you got to be cocky though. You got to be. It's a sport. It's a one-on-one sport. It's like playing tennis. Yeah. It's like playing hockey. Yeah. Golf. You got to be the shit. F1 racer. You're not gonna go in there like, well, I might come in. Right. Like, no, no, I'm the best. Like, I'm gonna tell you I'm the best. I'm gonna show you I'm the best. I got the best work ethic. Like, you know. Uh, the t- t- title track Carter Two. That's that's really yeah. good stuff. Int- yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's a really good transition into Hustler music. Uh, Is it before Oh No, Oh No. Did you skip over Oh No? I'm well, I'm only ri- writing oh. down songs that I was like that was pretty cool. Oh okay. Uh, I loved Oh No. Yeah, so um, oh, so we talked about the the different- but Hustler's music. So at that time, if that was a different artist, that song would have been like number one for like forever. Like well, you know, why not for him? I, when the Carter Two dropped, like Wayne in 05, like he wasn't. This started the, nah, I'm like this is me, guys. Like this is who I am. These next mixtapes, any rap beats, anything, I'm gonna remix it. Um, I'm him. Okay. Capital H I M. Okay. So that's where it started. Like you know what I mean. The Carter One, like my little brother says, he was hungry. Sure. And the, and the Carter Two is like. All right, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. And the Carter Three was just, um, I'm eating. I'm eating off the fruits. Oh, okay. I'm eating Interesting. Good. Life's good. Good. For, I mean, good for him. Like, uh, so <laughs> this idea, which I mean, my first, um, yeah, of course, I listen to Michael Jackson and shit. But I mean, like, the first toe dip into rap or hip hop waters was Easy Does It. And then straight out of Compton, and then a, a lot of too short, and I kind of iced tea. I mean, but across from, and I haven't been plugged in on, on you know, a lot of new stuff. Yeah. Um, in in large pockets, right? I'm I'm over here in this world of music, and and I, you know, sometimes I'm listening to hip hop and rap, but nothing quite like middle school and early high school where I was like consuming it, you know, um, but. It feels like since the birth of hip hop and well, let's let's leave hip hop out and just say rap up to now, uh, that the term bitch has just like. Do you think that there are pe- women that listen to a lot of rap and that hearing that doesn't bother them at all, or do you think it bothers? You know what I'm saying? Because because like a lot of dudes, like sometimes there's intent, like. That bitch fucking did. Well, 
because you got to understand though that but there's that power dynamic between male and female so there's always that misogyny that where it's all ingrained into us because it was always you grew up it was like the woman cooks and the man gets the money yeah so it's already these things is ingrained and like bitch is a super derogatory term but like you're like man i'm known too short nobody say bitch like too short like you know what i'm saying or like easy like you know what i'm saying then Wayne, I'm going to say bitch. And I look at bitch like a person, place, or thing. So it may not necessarily be a woman. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, like, what are we talking about pertaining to? Uh, all right. So, like, I've definitely seen scenarios where, um, you know, there's a group of guys and a group of girls. And they're out, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't go out together. Mm-hmm. But they're all kind of hanging, mingling. Yeah. And one of them will say, like... Um, uh, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like we should fuck with these bitches? And it's audible for everybody. And like, you look at the women who all heard the, it said, and nobody's like, you know what? You know, have they don't have a reaction sometimes? Because so, they might be desensitized to. That's it. what. That's but what I'm, I feel like. Now in your little chats, if you want to be like, man, where these where these bitches where the bitches at? Like, right. Kind of like joking in a manner. You know what I'm saying? We're going out sharking. Like, I'm not going out with the intent to find my wife. I'm going out with the intent to hook up or to have a good time. Like, you know, I didn't really talk like that with my friends. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they'll say they want to go sharking or or, or do things like that. But it was never like, where the hoes at? Or like, where the bitches at? Like, you know what I'm saying? We we never really talked like that. Okay, okay. But I hear but people gets... that do it. Like you, I hear it. Or guys are using acronyms like DTF. I didn't know what the hell that was. Like <laughs> they was like, oh, they're they're DTF. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is these people? Doing? So so <laughs> it just it's fast, fascinating to me to think about. You know, because there are if you're if we're looking at the whole population of English speaking women, you know, where, wherever they may be, there's definitely a portion of those that don't want you to use that to refer to them or their. They're friends, right? You got them and fucked then, up. And then there's some others that, you know, it's almost like dude. Like bitch and dude. Like these dudes and those bitches. Dude. And it's just, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, we're... And it's like, all right. I mean, I guess that's what it is. is desensitization, but it's fascinating. And it, depend, it, it, and it depends on the girl. Like some people, they want to hang up. They don't care. They're not that, that nitpicky about, all right, you know what I'm saying? It's just like you listen to a lot of hip hop music. It's a lot of nigga. Like you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's a lot of niggas and bitches. Right. <laughs> and like you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of niggas and bitches in the music. So you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I look at it as like, man, they gonna call me nigga to these bitches, niggas and bitches. Mm-hmm. It's just a part of what it is and to in, in the culture of how we grew up and like what we listen to and how some people talk and how right. they're desensitized or or they're aware of yeah. it. Like, I'm hyper aware. Like, I don't want that language. Like, you're, um, saying you're degrading me. Like, you know, you got to respect that. I'm so. assuming uh, Isaac and Jocelyn are aware of the existence of that word. Oh, uh, yeah. Because I let, I talk I talk at home. Like, I let, let them know. Like, look, you're around your friends. You can speak a certain sort of way. You're around these, like, white kids and stuff like that. You don't necessarily speak. Right. Like this around them, and like you don't want them to think that this is comfortable for right. them to say. Like you know what I'm saying, right? So you know what I mean, and it's just something that some people turn into an endearing term because you will hear a lot of black people that hate the word. Like you know what I'm saying, they hate. I'm sorry, the word. some they, people turn into what? Like and it's like an endearing term. Okay. Like you know what I'm saying, like yeah. that's my nigga, that's my, my boy, that's homie. my god, that's my go- that's my homie. Yeah. Like, but it's in the culture though. It's not like hey, not, Blair's not like I'm not like Blair's my nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I wouldn't be like that. You know what I mean? But just. So they have an understanding, you know what I'm saying, of 
street smarts and culture. Do you, do you think that? I mean, do they? They don't. Do they use it? No, not really. Do you, do you think I think Isaac. I think my son does. Um, maybe when maybe da- when he's around his friends. When dad's not around. When I'm not around yeah. and he's around his little homies and stuff like you know, but the same thing that I did when I was a kid. Like, yeah, and I wouldn't but use he's, words he's got, around. He's got a good heart. He's not like no, no, being no, 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 no. Aggressive. He's or... actually had the um, the negative of that happen to him at school, where someone's calling him the ER. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so sweet. we've had to have these conversations the last few years and get an understanding of it. I hope so, that was a single episode. That um, not well, actually, you know, in that in that environment at the school. Um, current school uh not nah, well he's at a super mixed school now he loves being in lincoln okay cool. um but cool. at al it just happened it, it occurred a lot like not necessarily with him but you would hear about the instances and parents having difficulties and then like you know it just it's just out there damn so we got to have that conversation yeah because my he's a hundred percent black he's a hundred percent haitian so like yeah. you got it america sees you one way though you can be whatever you want but when they see you and you speak English, this is what you're viewed. Yeah. So, like, you got to understand that, you know. Man. There's different rules, and it just sucks that that, that that's just the way it is. That's, yeah. That's, that's the way life is. And when you dig into it, you're like, man, there is different rules for different folks. Yeah. So. Um, receipt. Uh, there's, a, there's a female vocal track on there that's not credited. I thought that was odd. Yeah, they, I don't know if she got paid. I don't know. But like, it doesn't crediting doesn't necessarily have to mean paid. I don't know. I don't know why she's not on there. Well, it's. it's I mean, sometimes you see. Sometimes I think it's overlooked. Uh-huh. You know, if you have a lot of personalities that go into making a record. Uh, but she's very strong on the record. But but <laughs> she's but, the whole hook. and then I think sometimes uh, it's in swaths. I think it's happened intentionally where they're like. Uh, things were like cool when we hey I want you to come feature on my new on this one track and then by the time you got it recorded and turned like maybe you guys don't like each other as much anymore you know anytime I see somebody went uncredited I'm like Oh, what was going on? What was going on? Maybe, maybe nothing. Maybe maybe, maybe nothing. Uh, kind of hard saying shit to your face, so I do it over snares and bass. <laughs> uh, that was, the receipt's a really good track. Let the though. beat take me away. Shooter featuring Robin Thicke. Yeah, big song. I was like, what? Big song. The Blurred Lines dude. Yes, is that who that is? Stole Marvin Gaye song. Yeah, him and Pharrell. Yeah, Blurred, Blurred Lines is a Marvin Gaye song. Yeah. Oh shit. Him and him and Pharrell. They got sued in Ti. They all got. Sued. Oh. Oh, for real? Because Marvin Gaye's estate don't play. I would hope if, not. If you use their record, you better have got clearance, and you can't make a lot of money off of it. Right. So, yeah, they um, have to pay. <laughs> uh, base, the bass line reminds me of uh, Freaks of the Industry from oh, Digital yeah. Underground, Sex Pack. That was one of the very... That was probably my what first... You, what you know about Freaks of the Industry? I mean, <laughs> if you see us backstage, be prepared to G. <laughs> uh uh man that, that record uh i mean it was like 88 and i'm you know again middle school and it was so slick and sexified i was like yo this this like i haven't been able to articulate all the f- hormone and you know change and sex but this this record did it for me right like there's some real like sexy raps there's some some sexy sample like you know girl girl's voice kind of thing there's a lot going on i love that record i just bought it on vinyl on friday just you know i'm sure. not i'm not doing a big thing but i just have a couple over there to 
put up, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and I was like, literally the first records that I, I have a few that I've just inherited, but I went and bought five, they were like 33 and $36 uh, piece. I yeah. was like, got to pay. Okay. All right. Inflation, man. Inflation. You know, I got shit on my phone, right? <laughs> I can download it. Um, <laughs> Wheezy baby featuring Nikki. Mm-hmm. Just, it just said Nikki. Yeah, it's just Nikki. It's just okay. a Nikki. Uh, reminiscent of Dre and Easy trying to dial shit in in the studio. Good stuff. Tension in the music and verses, but in a satisfying way. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good track. Um, one, like one of the best I, you know, I've heard a lot of rap. I haven't intentionally, consciously listened to a lot of rap, but uh, of all the rap I've ever heard, that, that was a really strong track. I was like. This dude, very good album. I mean, um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a D boy. Is that I'm what it a is? D boy mm-hmm. featuring Birdman. Birdman, that's all. That's who's be stealing all his money. Oh shit! Well, there's there's a perfect example. They had a relationship, and he came yeah. on his record, and now they now they probably don't get along. If he stole all his money, well, they kind of get along. It's just it's it's deep because okay. they, I mean, there's just he's been with them since he was 12, 13 years Steal old. Stealing from him. But Wayne's been rapping with Cash Money, so it was just a, a hard relationship. It's just uh, a, it's a different, it's difficult relationship. I ain't trying to get my ship sunk. Fuck you, pirates. <laughs> uh, feel me. This interview is over. Go to the next song, mm-hmm. bitch. I mean, there, there you go. Is that even written down? Like, what did she ask? What his motivation was? And he was kind of getting mad at the reporter. I liked a little. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was going on like, did this recorder? Reporter angle of asking those yeah, stupid questions. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just fascinating to me. Yeah. Uh, I concepts. Mean, the he, concepts of building this out in the studio. Whatever <laughs> context it happened in, he put that on. <laughs> it's like, yep. You want that? Yeah, I want it on there. Don't ask me again. Uh, get over. Uh, miss my homie. Can't stay sober. Um, anyway, the stretch of hit him up to Wheezy Baby is like. I mean, to the to me, it was kind of the anchor of the record. It was real strong, pretty right? solid, right? Yeah. very, very solid. Uh, and not not to say like this other part and that other Wasn't, part suck, but, but you just enjoy yeah that that run um, of records. I gotta pee. Go ahead. Are you? Do you? Is there, are we still okay time wise? Yeah, we're great, okay. dude. I can't describe to you um, how frustrating it is that the second. I made the connection that you're at the at somebody else's house. Yeah. Instantly, I, this panic of just a fucking white person coming out and. Bro, what are you doing in my house, dude? Like, oh shit, this ain't Blair's house. Like, I was like, I don't, I don't want. It does not feel good to have that be the very first, you know, concern. Like, I, it could be like. Maybe he's not in a safe neighborhood. It's really hot out. It could be a whole, maybe, uh, you know, uh, it could be a whole bunch of other things. But I wore this Casey Kern shirt today because hey, I was on side. So maybe they didn't know, like, hey, I like the women's soccer team. So I'm not that harmful, guys. The, that was really the intent behind putting that shirt yes, on? Yes, today, yes. Fuck. To be safe. I mean, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I could say, uh, just get myself in trouble. It's, it's, uh, obviously not a thing I have to do. So no, you hear somebody tell you that, and you're like, "Fuck, okay." Anyway, uh, flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood, oh, 1998. Listen, I was so young, so just think about this. Like I'm like, 
a freaking sophomore in high school. I'm in Denver, Colorado. I'm going to Denver East High School. Like, oh my god. What was that? What was Denver East like? I was good. It was actually a good school. It was okay. pretty diverse. Um, great in sports. Um, it's like a pillar high school now. Like you go there and like the kids are trying to get into that school. It's no crazy. way. And I didn't okay. know. I didn't. I didn't think about it back then. Like like that. But like it's just built up around there. Um, but like DMX, that was his second album that year. He had dropped two albums in one year. Like that's kind of unheard of. Like two massive albums. Like his Dark and Hell is Hot was like, bro, this is massive. But then he dropped Flesh in My Flesh, Blood in My Blood. And I was like, holy shit. Like, everything this dude is rapping about, I can see it. Like, I could feel his pain, like his prayers, his, that, that's the song, like, it's like the Heat movie. And they, like, robbing the bank at the end. I'm, like, watching it. And I'm, like, man, I can see him. You know what I'm saying? Boomer didn't make it. Neither did Stan. Now it's folk spitting 300 grand. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's telling you some stuff. I'm, like, man, DMX is a wild boy. It's like watching the... It's like watching the, um, one of those movies that's like high drama, high action. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, okay, okay. So you get that with DMX, and he's just like... So so immediately where I go is... Because um, I didn't know that until you just said that he dropped two albums in the same oh, year. Like, that was the second one. That had to be, that had to, had to be intentional, right? Like I think he just he got out of jail, and he was just ready. He just had it ready. Like locked and loaded, he dropped "It's Dark and Hell Is Hot," and then he was like, "No, nah, I'm gonna drop this." One so he, year. so okay, so he he showed up with material that was right, probably, probably pretty was fleshed out, yeah. And just he just needed to get in there and lay it down. Swiss Beats was his producer, and he was young. Swiss Beats was young, like 18, 19 back then. I think the first record. I Whoa. think when he was first starting to produce. I think he was seventeen. They go back, like, because I think it was like Swiss Beats people that was running the Rough Riders record label, and then he was the producer, but he was super young, so like. You got a hungry DMX. You got Swiss. Like you know, oh goodness, man! Just thinking about those records and just knowing I was like 15 years old. Right. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it just kind of gives me giddy. Bring your whole crew, fucking All baller. Them. Yeah. I was like, just fucking get you amped. Uh, I've never. Uh, I okay. So I've I think I've had one little, uh, like a like I, I guess a compartment that I put DMX in. Uh, and it's probably like well, party up. Like, what are you putting? DM, what, what box are you putting DMX in? Like, like having never sat down and listened to him, and and like with a little bit of ability to like identify him if I happen to hear him. Mm-hmm. I just I think like I always thought that he was aggressive. Yeah. Like, and so, uh, and that's it. That's all. You know, I've never never sat down and dug into it. So when you when you do, it's like. How aggressive is it going to be? Is it going to be abrasive? Is it going to be an aggressive that like I can, I can jive with? Uh, no, it's definitely a aggressive you could drive. Yeah, with. yeah, it's definitely like um, X, Dark Man X. Is that what it stands for? Yeah, Dark Man X. Okay, okay. Uh, what is it? What do I have here? Chunk Driver Insurance. Oh, oh, Dr- okay. Drunk Driver Insurance. Jeho- Jehovah Settlement. I mean beaten so badly he lost teeth slept with roaches and mice i mean like and then i wrote that's just a surface scratch of the shit that happened when he was probably a little person right right when he was probably a kid or growing up like i don't know anybody that had he's he's had a lot of felonies but even well his adult life but but shit has like not not i'm not not pointing out shit he's done i'm pointing out 
circumstances that he's he was been in. yes yes 100% that were probably not I'm not the, you know, the other people's faults you right cuz when you're a kid is it your fault no but you blame yourself cuz you're like what could I have done as you grow up like you live with that trauma and then it turns into something more cuz you like you, I could have done something different I could have what what did I do wrong why did I deserve this you know and you have to get your thinking together like it wasn't your fault like you made the best of what you of what you had I mean, he's that that shit. Like, to to then you know arrive in adulthood and have some semblance of success and accomplishment. And it's just like, damn, dude. I mean, congratulations, because like I don't know how you even made it to adulthood. Right. Like, you could have just there could have been so many things that cut you off of the pass in life. You, you could have been in jail forever. You could have well, killed yourself. Could have been murdered. Anything, overdose, like whatever. Something could have happened to you. Yes, yes, and yes. So, I mean, hundred percent. Ain't no way. Killer flow. Um, so it, again, it's like, oh yeah, this is an aggressive. I can jive oh, with. Yes. It's not. It's mm-hmm. not off putting. Uh, first four records debuted at number one on Billboard. Like, who else can say that? He. It was a good year. Nine, it was a good year. I mean, for DMX. That's uh, born again Christian and a deacon. I mean. <laughs> Uh, 17 kids with 11 women, 30 times in jail, three times in rehab. Like, he's yet, dealing with yet, a lot. He's here dealing, he is. He's dealing with a lot. He still made it. Yeah. Uh, coming from featuring Mary J. Blige was really good. Uh, Killer Beats on It's All Good. A, a Marilyn Manson track. The Omen. I mean, what? Yes. Because uh, you got to know, man, you really got to know it's dark and hell is hot. Like, you got to listen to that first one. Because he has the song where he's talking to the devil, and he's talking to him again. This is the second part of that song. Oh, cool! So he got a lot. It's of, dark and hell is hot. Is the name yeah, of his oh, first, the first album. So, okay, and it connects the dots to the second album because oh, there's cool, a lot man. of kind of part twos or kind of like extensions of certain pieces. That's cool. That's and like some movie shit. Oz, it's an, it was a good year. That's it awesome. Was a, it was a good year. Uh, Slippin' was oh, beautiful and Love harrowing. That. I almost teared up. Yeah, because it's um, been through mad different phases, like mazes. And I, I wrote, I think this is the spot where I heard my brain say, I think I love this record. And it's uh, such a wild experience. Like I said, you know, it's like just carrying around that label. DMX is aggressive. I don't know if I'd be into that. And then, and you, then sit- you, like, you got your headphones on and you're bumping and you're like, holy shit. Like he's aggressive, but in a, a real way. Yeah. Because you feel him. Yeah. Because yeah. you feel that a pain and that emotion, and you listen to what he's saying, and you're like, man, it's different. It's yeah. different. It's not aggressive to be aggressive. It's well, not- well, the I think I think where you know, if if you take like whatever the word aggressive makes you feel, uh, I I think there's a an inherent questioning behind it, which is why is this person being aggressive, right? Or why, why do they come off as aggressive? He's got about 4,500 reasons why he's completely entitled. To be aggressive. E- even if it's just in sound, right? Um, but uh, Dog for Life. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, so you're, you're 15 when this comes out? Yeah. Just f- Young. fresh-ish on the high school scene? Sophomore, Denver East High School. And uh, what what grade? Oh, you were, did you say fifth grade when you went out there? Uh, after fifth grade, so after that summer. Fifth, okay, so, so you've summer. had sixth, seventh, and eighth to mm-hmm. sort of moved stab. around a lot. 
went to a different school every year. No, I lived in Colorado. Okay. We moved a lot, so okay. never got to establish roots. So were you, you were you were a brand new student freshman year. At an, at, at, I went to a different school every year until I came back to Kansas City. Right. So when we moved to Colorado, I went to a different school. Sixth, seventh, sixth grade, I went to two schools. Seventh grade, I went to one school. Eighth grade, I went to one. Ninth grade, I went to one. And then tenth, I went to one. And then I moved back to live with my dad after that. I wasn't doing well in school. I was kind of telling my mom I just didn't. I was over it. You know what I mean? I just wanted to go back and to see what the other, see what my dad had to offer. Okay. So you know what I mean. So uh, so was this okay? So the ninety. I mean, cell phones weren't really. I had a pager. But but I mean to talk to your dad. Oh yeah, I would have to go to the payphone and they call collect or something like that. Yeah. But would you get if you, I would call every so often? Sometimes he would be at work. I'll talk to my grandma because he stayed. My dad and my grandma stayed. I, in the I'm same house. I'm, be, I'm curious. Like I mean, if you would reached that point where you decided I want to go. Oh, I didn't know. I just I just had enough behavior to my mom to where she wasn't gonna want like she's not gonna oh, deal with me. Oh, it anymore. was time for you to go. Yeah, like I made okay. it to where oh, I didn't. Shit. I couldn't just call him and be like, "Daddy, I want to come home." I didn't have that enough self confidence in myself to have that conversation. Okay, so I just did enough stuff like let my grades slip and. You know what I'm saying? Have wow. attitude and just kind of be depressed all the time. Because I was. Like, you know what I mean? And About? Just, well, it was just like a tough life. It's yeah. just like, I wasn't able to be a kid. For real, I was watching my younger siblings. I had older brothers. They were in and out of jail. They were like older. Really? Yeah, like, okay. just dealing with a lot. Then my mom's working a lot. Yeah. So, I'm competent. So, like, you need to be home with your siblings. You need to cook this dinner so I get here. So, it was, I never felt that sense of being a kid. Like, all right, I just want to play a sport. I just want to have support from a parent. I just want to chill. Just, just I don't want to be responsible for right. other humans. And I just didn't get that. So, then it was just like I was over it. You know what I mean? But then I felt like I carried a lot of trauma and a lot of stuff with me for a lot of years. Um, Do you still? I'm working on getting it unpacked the last few years, doing okay. some therapy. Like, you know, I'll just let anyone know, like, it's okay to go to therapy. Dude. It's okay to go talk to somebody, I, it's, read something. You say, okay, I would say, I encourage I would, like, I think everyone should. That. Because yeah. we're all raised with biases, and we don't know what they yeah. are because of the households. Like, because you're, yeah. clo- you're closed into the household you're raised in. Yep. So you don't know if what you're being taught is everything. But if you just take that, and then you just re-teach it and reteach it, and you don't unpack any of it, like, it could become problematic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's systemic, and then you could have the same issues. So I did uh, my, my kindergarten. It, the school I was at closed mm. when that school year ended. And that was also the last year. I don't even know if my parents were living together for that year, but either way, uh, then I went to a different school for first grade, uh, and then my mom remarried, and we moved to Atlanta. So I went to two different schools for second grade, and I was at the second one through fourth. But then that marriage was over. Moved back. We're like living with family and friends for fifth grade. Then my mom got a house, and so a different school for sixth grade. So it ended up being six elementary schools. It's tough. And then so and then now, okay, all right, now we have now we have a place and we're well, middle school, you know, and but luckily everybody that's what everybody's doing, right? They're right. going everybody's the new kid. No kid, yeah. So, um but it, it, so point being, I mean, I think, you know, I was uh into my 40s uh for sure when I started to like 
see the the path or the direction in, in which I need to reach to start to unpack my own stuff. Just your own stuff and, that you dealt with. Yeah, yeah, and like to, you know, I'm not saying I'm not fixed, I'm not solved, I still have work to do, but, but I think I reached a point where, you know, at one point I looked and I, I could see all my shit on the table and be like, you know what? It's okay. Like, it's it's fine that that stuff happened the way it is and i am who i am and try to be kind to people and love my kids and as best you can and be a good neighbor and that, that i don't know if there's anything else you know it's, it, or if you even have the energy to do much more else. right because once you right. do that and you understand all that like that's a very exhausting that's a very exhausting experience yeah so you got to learn how to know where to reset or to go recharge without i would say pushing others away or coming off like you gotta own. It's just so much that you gotta own when you're taking accountability in well, your shit, dude. It was it's so exhausting to uh, sort of like the same reaction when you're not on my front porch and the rea- <laughs> you know it's so upsetting to see it all out there and go like I've not visibly like you might not know, but in some senses. Uh, you talk about American kids being in France and acting. It's like I've been, you know, kind of it's not fair or, or some version of that internally, uh, or it shouldn't have gone down this way, or I wish that you know whatever the, and just to like live like that, you know, like it should be different or better or I, I don't know, and just to be to be like you know what. Like I, I kind of like who I am, you know. Well, like, once you you realize that you're like, the best me is just me. Like the, right. like you know what I'm yeah. saying. It's just it's me, no restrictions. It's just me owning my stuff, taking account for others' feelings, not over talking, being um, open, let yeah. everybody get their say and feel seen. You know, what yeah. I mean? being inclusive. Like, hey, everybody's included. Everybody, you know, we're everybody. Yeah. We all can do this. So, yeah. I kind of feel that way with my basketball team because I coached my little girl's basketball it. team, which is my joy. Like, um, I didn't. <sighs> okay, so, I mean, Adeline did some hoops super young, and then neither one of them did any hoops that first winter of COVID, which killed me. Because, it was tough because there was because, no Y ball or nothing. Well, I felt like they had both – taken teeny tiny steps in the confidence and you wanted to keep it going and, and i was, and other kids i found like other kids other parents were still putting their kids in their finding places i was like don't know because the next year they'll have a whole other year's edge um but uh i discovered last winter you know because then now Adeline's back playing basketball uh that's my favorite sport just to of all the kids sports that they to play, watch. my my son, all the sports my son plays, all the things that she does, the girls' basketball was the best, and it, and most games were like fourteen to eleven, you know, it's, and they're only like four minute quarters, just fucking nail biting every. That my buddy from college was in town. We did episode one the weekend. He came with his kids, and so we went to Leahy's game, and then we went to Adeline's game, and I mean. The fourth quarter aged me like 15 years, and every possession, you know, it was like one point was riding the back. The fight that horn sounded, my buddy goes, You did not emotionally prepare me for. I was like, I, I didn't know, you know, like I'm still, but.
but that's got to be it is it's it is it is great because some days it'd be those close games and then some days you get blown out by like 30 you're like what happened oh those girls you find out like oh they're a year older they've been playing together since they were four it's like oh i could tell I got some girls off the street and we're trying to get it to work. You know what I mean? But it's I, fun. I, uh, it's so fun. I tell you what, it's so fun. And um, there's, I'm sure this is the case on most every team, but uh, Adeline's team has a, you know, a couple or three girls that oh, they're just, they carry the team. They're just above and, head and shoulders above the other girls. And, and if for whatever reason, and that, to me, they always look amazing. Like nobody has a shitty game in, to me. But for whatever reason, they decide that I fucked up on this one play or my game whole game was t- like, oh, they get emotional. I'm like, I'm, I might have to step outside or I'm going to start crying, too. Like, I can't handle it. You it's know, tough when you lose those four point games or those Fuck. like when it's two baskets or they know they missed a couple free throws and they're trying hard. And then like you get over there and you're like clapping it up like we got to shake their hands and like you see the tears and you're like, oh girls it's just one season game we got like multiple games coming. <laughs> we got multiple games ghetto d Ni- uh, 1997 see and it got go younger because i it's just an influence of like my my older brothers like master p was my first like success when i when i think of success when i think of somebody that's from the hood that got into white america that made this fucking money like you know what i'm saying that like built businesses built companies dude still doing it like ghetto d was like my ninth grade year i was at aurora central high school and it was just no limit was dropping the album like every week like every other week they were dropping the album and it's just something about master p now master p not he's not the greatest rapper he's not the great the way that he the way that they chose their beats like the format of how the songs went it's just I could listen to Ghetto D, Bourbons and Lax. I could listen to Make Him Say Uh. I could listen to Captain Kirk. Uh, uh, what is it? Oh, uh, is it bitches? Uh, bitches and Blunts. Like I could listen to. I could listen to a lot of that. Uh, Weed and Money. I could listen to a lot Bur- of them Bourbons songs. and Lax. Bourbons. And- nice finish. Oh goodness. Nice no, the finish. The finish is just perfect. Uh, ten days on Charlotte Hornets training camp roster. Two years after this record comes out. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew because like so. Here's what I remember. Like, uh, you know, Death Row was really mm-hmm. the, and then all no this, limit. and then no, and I was like, they're going to be, they're going to take over the world. And then it was like, I'd looked away and I looked back and he was like doing all these, like he had a clothing business, Clothes, shoes. he's doing shit in the NBA, Coca-Cola. he's all, all over the place. Investing. And like yes. moguls type that's what I'm saying. Like somebody from yeah. a poor, impoverished neighborhood selling whatever you have to sell to get out of there and to make it. He was just like a a goal. Like not a goal, but like, hey, man, we got somebody up here. It's not Oprah. It's not somebody that's clean and I'm going to do this talk show and I'm going to make this money with these daytime, whatever. It's not somebody like that. It's like, nah, it's somebody that came from somewhere I came from. Yeah. And, but if you see Master P, he's like 6'6". He's a tall guy. I just, when KU won the national title, my buddy, like, he has connections. Like, I met Master P. I was standing next to him. We were just hanging out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know Jiggy. I know, like, some of the people that, like, work for him. And it's just like, man, like, he's down here. And I'm looking at this 
Like, he's just like an icon to me. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I got to act super cool. Like, hey, man, what's up? And just dap him up and just stand there and be cool. But I'm sitting there like, like, <laughs> you, like, you like you the 15 year old me was like, bro, you know, you like an icon. You're like my Diddy. Like, fuck Diddy. Like, I love Master P. Like, you know what I'm saying? I Diddy's cool, but like, I like the No Limit. What they did, grimy. I like the, the is collaboration. This, is this in the building where the game? No, well, no, this was somewhere else. His sons, he was trying to find. You were hanging? Yeah, they were just trying to find somewhere for uh, his his younger sons. They're like D1 prospects in high school. Okay. And they were trying to find somewhere for uh, Mercy and Hershey to like, play basketball. Okay. So um, they just, we pulled up on them. Juggy was like, pull up on us. We over here at this gym. And we like went and they were eating some raisin canes. And Master P was just out there just chopping it up. And it's just like, man, I'm in New Orleans for the Final Four. Yeah. And. I just met Master P, and I. Just so met. you were around him for a handful of minutes. Yeah, or? just okay. like a little, I could have probably we could have went some. They were somewhere else. We could have went now. To, but now we we're just hanging out. Yeah. If if rolling up on him, eating some raisin canes, sober, you just decides and is successful in not saying anything. If it were a different scenario and it's evening and there's drinks, would you? Do you think you would eventually be I like? I think I'd be like, bro, you like a goat. I'll tell him he's the goat. Okay. I mean, or one of the goats. If there was a route, a, a Mount Rushmore goats, for what I think of, like in the hip hop community, someone who grew up to be a mogul, like he would be the first sure. one on my list. So here, a thing uh, I, I think about often is like, um, if uh, an ordinary fellow like you or me, you know, busy with kids' activities and a job and so on and so forth. Uh, gets put in a situation where you're hanging out with somebody that's like wildly famous, whether you're a fan of them or not. And so for a minute, I think there's like this, there's a possibility of you, the two of you interacting on a completely normal human level, like you might with your next door neighbor or your friend down the street or whatever. But the minute you... And some people are so famous that it's unavoidable, right? But the minute that you acknowledge that you know who they are or or that you're a fan, like the relationship is maybe forever changed, even if it's not a relationship that's going to last, you know, for days or weeks or months or whatever. Because you never want that person to think that you want something from them or or that you're trying to get. You're just like, man, I I may have looked up to you. But but let's say, even, even if you can. Even if you can make it completely clear that you do not genuinely in your heart want anything from them, it still changes, you know, like, because it's, it's never going to, they're never going to be, maybe never going to be as, you know, interested in learning about you as you are about them, right? Because so. that's a, it's a leverage thing now. Now they have leverage, all right? You. They know that they can get you to do something or like if you needed something, like, you know, because that's what I would think about, like, man. Like, you're this guy, and then, like, hey, I need you to run to the store for me. Absolutely. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you need me to go get? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, hold up, bro. Chill. Right. Now, nah, he got somebody else to do that. Right. Like. Right. Um, so, you know, weird to have this experience where it's like, okay, No Limit's going to be the next thing, and then I, I turn around, and all Master is doing all these other things. So, for me, and I also kind of, you know – maybe it was checking out of rap and hip hop for a minute around this time. But, um, to me, it's like, Oh, they never did. They never became the next, 
death row. I mean, I know that he put out a lot of records and No Limit put out other records by other people. And they made a lot but, of money. Yeah, but it didn't ever seem to be this huge... Like it should have. And like maybe... And people, because they, they got this documentary that was on BET where they talked about No mm-hmm. Limit. And like maybe they felt like if he would have stayed focused on the music right. 100%, right. Um, then they would have did that. Right. But... But he was trying to grow so many different avenues. But he's 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 not really. I'm I'm asking. I don't know, but I think he's not really like a producer at heart. Like no, he's a he's an artist. Yeah, but so but you know, look at somebody like Dre, and that's what Dre does. His, like it it it. Oh, he he was he makes the beats. He, Ice Cube writes the rhymes. I know, but so he but he's involved in making some shit of mm-hmm. his own with a group and then solo and then like. I think he genuinely loved producing other people's shit, mm-hmm. but then eventually it kind of ate his own shit. Like he's he hasn't really put out. We're still waiting on detox. It's not even they changed the name of it. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. We've been waiting on it for so long. Like, and then he puts out a fucking compilation in 2015 called Compton. It's like, what is that? Yeah, is that a turd? I haven't listened to it. No, I think wasn't it based off of that NWA movie? That's what he dropped it at the same time, right? Did he? Yeah, I think so. Oh, uh, okay. But I mean, it's, and I, I talked about this with another dude. Like the chron, like for me, two thousand one. I know the chronic was iconic and oh, e- okay. epic and awesome. Right, two thousand one. Two thousand one is the Tons far superior record to me. Eminem was writing the rhymes. You goddamn right. So it, it it's sort of like that walking around with a a child that you're not. You know, he he's very very aware of what's happening in the rap and hip-hop world but he has he never put it's got to be killing him that he's never put out that next you don't have to give me one more platinum track and fuck rap you can have it back i mean you know but he's got billions he sold headphones he sold so much it's like yeah the, the game's changed i know then, I you're, know. then you're divorcing and yeah then all yeah. your old past is brought up and then it's yeah. cancel culture so then it's just like man at some point you're like bro like but what I, am I doing? I guess that's you know, Master P was he was an artist. He was more he was more interested in doing. But then he was the mogul. I mean, he was the artist. But then he's the owner of the label. So then you getting the guys to produce. So but then you running everything and you at the top. And then guys don't feel like they getting compensated how they should. Or you should be focused Is on that. My some album. shit that happened to him. I'm sure it was. Yeah, it probably yeah. happens at every level. Yeah, yeah. Look at every artist. I don't know any artist that's not disgruntled or right. blaming the label or the A and R guy for not doing something right. You know. So, but then you the money though. The only reason people looking at our label was because of me. So like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like now we're gonna produce your record you don't get as much money as you think you're going to get because these are my producers. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're using my studios. Yeah. Like, we're using my marketing. Yeah. Like, the deal that I got for distribution, we're using my deal. So, yeah. like, yeah, you a part of it, but you just a cog. Like, I can move you out. You yeah. go to another label. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So... I saw... Uh, do you know who Ben Shapiro is? Yeah, he's a weird dude. He says a bunch of... He's like a right-wing type dude. Uh, yeah and he speaks like a hundred million mi- miles an hour and is like i think pretty freaking like insanely book smart so he, like it i can't yeah uh and it, it, it takes but like if i watch a, a you know a clip of him on rogan or some some other place uh i i, I can't really process the points that he's making in real time because I'm just not on that level smart. I wasn't wired that way, you know. 
Um, but he, somebody, he's, he's part of a panel. I just saw this TikTok. Uh, and he's sitting up there and um, somebody says to him, like maybe somebody in the crowd says something like, you know, th- that disgruntled example of the, I'm not getting the blah, blah, blah. And he says, he, I mean, he lights this person on fire. And he's like, if you're the owner of the business, uh, you took all the risk in putting your cap, whatever your stuff. So if it's successful, you get to have the reward. If it goes south, you take it in the ass. Like it's your law. Like, like these these people just work for you. So and I was like, yeah, and I have no interest in like. I don't want to side with him or be against him, but it, it was a really fascinating point. And and I mean, same was probably true for Master P. Like I mean, this is my mine. Like you know, you can go make. You go do your own yeah. thing if that's what you want to yeah. do. But if you sign, go make this, a record on that guy's label. But if you sign this contract, we're gonna have to live this contract out. Now, I don't know what position you was in when you signed this contract. Right. But if you enjoyed these figures at this point and you saw what the obligation was, you can't get halfway through there and be like, you know what? I'm way more successful than yeah. what I thought. Yeah. You need to pay me more. Well, yeah. wait. Which I think that, uh, that happens a lot. I think there's a very widespread feeling like. It, it doesn't ultimately matter that I signed that thing. Like we can, we can go get in front of a judge and he'll say, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't, doesn't matter that you signed that thing. But it depends on what position you're in. Uh, well, but, but I mean, I, the point is that I think it always matters that you signed the thing. Yeah. No, like, no, it does. It matters. Like 100%. It, even if you were young and didn't, couldn't, nobody told you, you should have a lawyer look over that. Or maybe you couldn't afford whatever the case is. Look at Scotty there, you, there was a reason that was motivating you to pick up that pen and That's take it. the whatever, so it's like uh, Lil Wayne being like, um, I need to get out of my thing so I can go make well, this thing. I was making all this. I was making all this money. Universal is giving you $400 million, $500 million for our work, for our three albums. They're fronting us money because they know we're a machine. And then you get it to us. We, we only get 50 of it. Mm. Like, what happened to that other 350? Yeah. That's a lot. This isn't small pieces. Like, this is large chunks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then they're making money, and Wayne's telling Drake and Nikki, I'm going to pay y'all. I'm paying y'all. I'm going to keep taking these L's because I got to go to court. But I'm going to make sure y'all get you. He got a deal where they still getting paid from Universal. And it's just accumulating. They end up settling, but it's still like he's still not getting what he's worth. Like Wayne should be, he should have been the first rap billionaire for all the the stuff that he put out. And he kept hip-hop alive all the remixes everything like he was going to be on the first streaming device people don't understand they were like no the first streaming deal with the album we had it but we couldn't do it because the label wouldn't let us oh shit and then you know so you go no, get i didn't dick. know that and i didn't know it either and there was like nah we had so many things that could that was in the works but hmm. it's the label you know what i'm saying they tell you what you can do and like he said the quarter three you go listen he's like, i don't even know what songs was chosen for it they didn't give me a chance to choose. The label chose because I think they were trying to see who who they were paying their producers. Because if you look back, um, Baby has a has a huge, you know what I'm saying. He don't pay nobody. Like he don't like paying the producers their money. He okay. don't like paying. The okay. Industry. Like he he don't like paying. Like even the artists, they be like, I did this compilation. I didn't get a check for it. Like you know what I'm saying. I didn't get this for it. Like he just don't like paying. So. And that's why everyone ends up leaving his label. And Wayne stayed with him the longest. It's so wild. He stayed with him the longest, made this, the most. You said baby? Baby, yeah. Uh, Stunner. Stunner, man. Yeah. Okay. 
I don't know who that is. He's, I heard. I've heard. You've I've, heard. If you I've heard. Rap, I've heard Chappelle talk about Dub Baby. And that's that's a different rapper, different person that he killed the guy in the Walmart. That's right. A whole different. Right. A whole different thing. Okay. Okay. Wow. Um. Anyway, uh, th- man, three tracks in to this record, and I'm so over. The, uh, oh like, yeah, that's oh, so I love it. I, uh. But I thought I thought it was just like part of the song that has that in the name. No, no, no. And I was like, bro, that's, that's a moniker. Every track, you're, I mean, come on. Uh, I, I guess the original cover had a crack addict smoking a glass pipe on it, and uh-huh. somebody's like, yeah, you can't, can't, <laughs> can't do that. Uh, Throw them up was good. Trying to do something had nice flow. Uh, I like this. There's some synth shit in Plan B. Um, <laughs> Weed and Money almost has a Tupac kind of feel to it. Got it. Um, there's a rumors sample on Stop Hating, a little Fleetwood Mac action. Uh, make him say, oh, like just, I mean, uh, oh man, uh, rapping forte, rapping forte, which um, I was stunned to learn that that was who um, was on the t- too short. Uh, life is too short. Um, cuss words on that don't fight the fe- don't fight the feeling it's the same dude do you know that track uh i have to look it up but i know a lot of too short um it uh it's got uh, it starts off say ho say ho say ho. oh you want me to talk about you know and then saw you walking down the street and ahead stop turn up and and so then then there's a a, a female mm-hmm. uh that starts rapping and and then rapping forte's in there and they're like they're talking trash on it. I mean, she's schooling him, like you know, making fun of his teeth and his breath, and he's talk, you know, trying to he's trying to trash her. But I always thought, uh, I mean, I mishear like so many many lyrics across forty seven years or however long. But I always thought it was <clears throat> rapper forte. <clears throat> so at some point a few years ago, I was like, oh, there's a dude named Rapping Forte. I saw you know a clip by him, and then I see that. And I'm like, that's interesting. And then I hear the song. And I'm like, that's the same dude. Oh, I've just dude. been saying it wrong that's the whole right time. Po- yes. Um, going through some things. Going through some things. Uh, going through some things. Fat, bassy, uh, synth track again. Only Time Will Tell gave me an, uh, also some Tupac. Um, and Come and Get Some was hard and sinister. Uh, but... Good stuff. Are we uh, are we up against a thing? No, let's keep going. We got it. Okay. Um, so, Miss Education of Lauren Hill is ninety eight. I mean, we. I asked you a minute ago. Uh, I don't. I can't even remember if we were rolling already. But like, is there a portion of that record? No, I just let it go. It's, I just let it ride. I mean, it's weird because, you know, I don't know if it's like the bells or the chime, kind of thing. Um, but there each, you know, there's a lot of very specific emotion happening in this song and this song, and then they're all different and they, sometimes it's, it's aggressive, sometimes it's funky, sometimes it's slow, but there's this whole weaving of, so, you know, of course you get the conversation with the teacher and the kids it's like talking the perfect, about love. It's just to, to me, it's like, if you had a perfect album. I think it might be that album. 
I mean, I mean, Pink Floyd got um um the Dark Side of the Moon, mm-hmm. which I love, which I just I let play through. I don't skip. Yeah, I don't skip that album. I yeah. let that album play through. It's really good of, record. It's it's like you know what I'm saying one of the few albums that I I like. I know that I'll start from beginning to end and just let it ride, or I could sit there and smoke and just let it go through, and I'm just like everything time money like i'm just going through the whole album i feel like that in uh in the lauren hill record too so like i just play it and just let it go when i get back in the car i want it to pick up where it left off so Dude. i can so i can stay on the same journey that i was i on. think i think by the time i was i don't know 15 or 20 listens into that record you know in its entirety um that there was a like a mysterious portion of it to me and um i think that i ended up understanding that mystery to be that there are so 98 i've uh, I'm, i've just finished college right right so uh yeah. it's like okay now now where where do i go for the where the job and the w- wife and the mortgage and yeah where oh, I'm signed up. oh i have to do all of i have to figure it out like you know kind so i think w- I, I've reached a point with this record where certain emotions I had listening to it felt like um, small chapters of my life that I never lived. Like they're, they're experiences that I had, but they're, they're like closed and dark and I don't remember them like the actual, but, but the emotion is still attached Yes. or, you know, it's, or if you ever have uh, um somebody that you're so super close with and they have something insanely crazy happen to them. Like one of their parents gets murdered or they get cancer or they are in a terrible car accident. And now, now, now shit is real, right? Yes. You didn't live it, but you're very close to that person. And so you kind of have the same emotion. Does that make sense? No, it does. So I feel trying to, it's like, you're trying to, it's like when someone passes away and you're like, I'm feel sorry for like you're really trying to get into that spot, like you're in a really messed up spot. I'm trying to really feel for you and try to plug into that emotion. I may not know directly what you feel like, but I feel like shit because I see that you feel like shit, and I don't want you to feel like shit. Yeah, I just feel like I, I listen to that record and it's like I almost feel like I've been to her house, her parents' just, house for dinner, and you just know everything's something. going on. And her firstborn, like you met Zion, like you know who Zion is, like you know. <laughs> I mean, it's really indescribable. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what she's been doing since then. Not uh, trying to be a part of the system, that, knowing that you get in there, you sell ten million records, and you're like, oh, this is what this is. You know, this other guy could take all my money, you know. Wait, did somebody take her money too? I think, yeah, Wyclef. Oh, for real? Because it was like a a relationship thing, but then it was like, nah, we're not doing that no more. I'm going to get married and go. Then it was kind of like there was just, they started bumping heads. Like if you go to a Lauryn Hill concert, last one we went to. You've she, seen her? Yeah. You, Multiple we waited, times? We've seen her once. Okay. Because <laughs> you got to wait so long for what her to you, come out. Right. She just, she just doesn't come out on time. But she could oh, on a great show. Oh, right, right. But she couldn't use any of the original tracks. She couldn't. So all the songs. To this record? We we got those songs, but it was to like different melodies. Like, no it wasn't. Because I, I think there's something with the license. I don't know what it is, but I don't think she owns those masters. I don't think she could do those records like that. Unless something's changed since then, but when we seen her at the Uptown, 
Um, she did the songs, but they weren't to the beats that like we are. It was similar, but it wasn't the same. So I was like, oh, she must have to change it up for her shows. So, did she look like she was? No, in, she looked good. She looked decent. Like, but did she look like she was happy to be there? Yeah, it looked like she wanted to perform. Did the crowd feel good? Yeah, it was a big crowd. Everybody was hype. Everybody was live. Fucking a. When was this? You can look it up. It was a few years ago. At the, it was up at Uptown Theater. Sure. So if you looked it up, like we were at that show. How did I miss that? At the Uptown Theater. So yeah. Um, it, I mean, it's it's really weird. Like you know, talking about the the stranger and the celebrity, or the mm-hmm. average guy and the celebrity dichotomy. Like, it, you know, I'm assuming that she's generally speaking happy with what she's doing in life and she has like enough money to pay her bills and all that shit. But, um, it's gotta be so weird to know that like, even if she does nothing for the rest of her life, she put out a thing that a lot of people from a lot of different places in the world could come together and And be like, this is the thing. If you just toured on this one thing, you'll sell out every city, every country, every time you went. For this thing is like the Atlantis more sad effect, but this is a way better album. Like you know what I'm saying? Jagged Little Pill was good. What apples and oranges, dude? But I know. But I'm just saying. But you're talking about an artist that dropped but, one but, unplugged but, album with but one. But Alanis Morissette, I don't think is drawing the same level of, of diversity. No, not one. at all. And so, but well, she is an artist. Alanis is drawing a lot of like-minded people. Correct. Lauren is drawing a lot of people with more differences, but they're all coming there for different cultures, different everything can feel that Lauren effect. Like I know she's That's she's, gotta be weird to have to be the person that made that yes, thing. Yes, that, that brought all those people together. So I mean And I was just thinking I know it's apples and oranges of two artists that dropped two major albums that lived off for so long. Even and they both had unplugged albums that came out at some point. Cause Lauren Hill's unplugged was phenomenal. Like that's my wife's favorite. She doesn't yeah. She likes this one, but it was just more, you know what I'm saying, more revolutionary, right. more of that Tupac so technique type music. We, we were going to do this um, right after your France trip, which right. was a handful of weeks ago. Um, but when I, I, you know, if if I'm, if you give me five and one of them, like these two records, I don't, I don't need to listen to these records or read anything. You know, I, I'll do a quick brush up. But when this was on your list, I was like, I'm gonna this. listen. To, I'm gonna listen to the whole thing, like, yeah, even though I don't need to, because it to, I gives. It. So, so when I did, uh, I I sent a text to my high school buddy thread, which has got like ten dudes on it, and I said, uh, if okay, so obviously it has to be an album, not a greatest hits, not a whatever. Uh, tell him might be the best album closer of all time. And some people wanted to say uh, there was a lot of different things thrown out. And to me, I was just, I was just Matumbo fucking nope, nope, nope. It's this. Like, I think that's the best album closer of all time. I I just top the bottom. Yeah. Okay. I I like the way it starts. I like the middle. I just like, I like the journey she takes you on the placement of the songs, the conversations, everything that you go on. Nothing even matters where you lost into that one person that you fell in love with, you know. Even if that love fell apart, you still, at that point, nothing even mattered at all. But you, like, you know what I'm saying? It's just everything. It's just well, she puts together. So, it, to me, I know there's more than two parts, but to me there's two <laughs> parts for the of that song, right? And it's the tell him and the be all right, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're, I mean, it's the first piece is 
communication tell him right and uh, like there has to be some there's some flavor of love in in that right like t like if you care about somebody and you love you that you, connection, you, you communicate with you them you want to have that communication and you're that, truthful right that and and then like be all right is a thing that we say to a lot of different people in a lot of different situations they have a lot of different meanings a lot and maybe some maybe sometimes we say it to ourselves i mean like those it's it's two words and then it's two words and they get repeated a lot and i know she's talking about other stuff in that song but just the delivery on both of those i think it makes it sort it ties up it what, just, what it, was a crazy album all already a lot of perfect gift wrap ribbon bow all of it it's like be honest and this is to tell him and then it's like you know um everything like i told him the truth i let it all out there so what's gonna be is gonna be it's gonna be all right whatever however it shakes out because i was honest I, le I left it all out there and this is the effect the cause and the effect so like you're right it is the perfect it is two parts because you got that comfort of knowing like look it's gonna be all right yeah I need to get that record just so I can say like a, that. Yeah, that you need that record. Yeah. record. That should be that should be posted up somewhere. Um, so t finally, two thousand Eminem, Marshall Mathers LP. Wow, crazy fucking guy, bro. Uh, crazy yeah. guy, bro. Like my, my first note is kill you. Um, holy shit! Like what the fuck? I'm gonna pull you through this bullet and pull it through you. Yeah. Like, bro, bro, who's thinking of this yeah. shit, bro? Yeah, like. He's making fun of like the instincts and like it's just everything. Then he got the deep beats with like the the, the um sticky fingers and like exhibit and you know what I'm saying. It's just to me for so long before Wayne Marshall like my wife she was I thought Eminem was your favorite rapper. I was like there was a transcendent point to where Eminem was my favorite because I loved his flow. The shit that he was rapping about I was visualizing and I was cracking up. Like I'm like who. <laughs> Like you can hear yeah. it. Like, oh my God, it's just everything, and he's dragging the body, and you're like, oh, that's Kim. Oh, if you put '97 Bonnie and Clyde with Kim, it's the same. Oh, he keep you. You put Kim on, then you put '97 Bonnie and Clyde. Have you ever, you never done that? No, I don't know what that is. '97 oh, so, Bonnie and Clyde. So that's on the Slim Shady LP. So go listen to Kim. Okay. From Marshall Mathers. Okay. Go listen to Kim, and then put. Then immediately go to the 96, 97 Bonnie and Clyde. And right, I'm not going to. It's the extension. So this is the, he killed Kim on the second album. And it was just him and his daughter on the first album. But it, this was the prelude of why it was the 97 Bonnie and Clyde. And that's just me and my daughter. Or whatever. 90, yeah. So go look to Slim Shady LP, the Bonnie and Clyde song. And then listen to that directly after Kim. Okay. From the Marshall Mathers LP, and they go directly into each other. Him and Dre did that perfectly. Like they, the nice. songs, but they're on two it's different like, albums. Like an Easter egg kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So listen to Kim, and then go to so Slim Shady. Uh, to, uh, the way I am, fucking so vicious. Uh, yeah. But good riff, and it's got like the bells and shit in it. Love it. Uh, the real Slim Shady, like may, maybe maybe it's a contender for catchiest rap song oh, ever. ever of all time. I like, mean, it's Vanilla Ice. It might be yeah, there is Slim Shady. Like it's something. You I, know? I mean, how can you not just? I'm Slim Shady. Yeah. And he's making fun of Air Tom yeah. Green. He's making <laughs> <laughs> like my mom was on you. 
<laughs> like people don't understand. I was like, you don't know Tom Green. He used to walk around. He had shit on oh, the microphone, God. and he would try to make people like talking to. Dude, him, and he would get punched, and it it would be fucking hilarious. Have you ever like, seen the clip where he's on crutches with two broken legs on like on a sidewalk on a busy intersection, and he falls, and people are like, holy shit, and they like get him and get him up, and he falls like fourteen more times. <laughs> He's an idiot, bro. I love Tom Brady um, back in the day. I don't really know why, but when that show was on the air, um, I used to laugh so... You remember Glenn? Oh, he, yeah. He was just fucking his head through a square in the wall with a coffee mug. I would laugh so fucking hard at the stupid laughs that he was doing, and I, could, I didn't even know it why. Just, I don't know, but it's just funny. Like, um, Eminem's a different... He just... We, Eminem's raps and Dre's beats, I felt like it was the perfect thunder and lightning. Peanut butter and jelly. It was like this weird, who is this crazy white boy with these sick ass flows? And he don't rap like no white boy. Like you know what I'm saying? And that, that's not not a dis- I don't mean that in a disrespectful term no, to anybody, but, but like everybody know, yeah. who is this fucking yeah. guy, bro? Well, like, it's because to me, when Snoop hit the scene, I was like, nobody has ever had flow that, like that, that uh, and pizzazz. And, Michael and Pippen type and, of, and I was like, and you know what else? Nobody ever will ever again. And then he shows up, and it's like, oh, that's a that's this a, is a different that's this a is twist. A, this is a different twist. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, because Marshall Mathers and Chronic two thousand and one, and then he did the Eminem show. It's just like, bro, like Eminem's growth as an artist was massive. It was huge. Yeah. And you don't, and you hear other people of your craft speak of you you're like no like the andre 3000s like all these other guys are like no you don't battle eminem like no don't 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 yeah you battle logic or battle one of these other guys they're not eminem like you know what i'm saying like (laughs) hey guys like relax you don't want that smoke now i know that we're not supposed to if we're like if we all wake up in the morning with the goal of being decent people i know we're not supposed to like point at negativity or highlight it at all, but I can't help in being joyful whenever somebody trashes the insane clown posse. And uh, he, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, dude. Uh, King Kniff. Yes, dude. Uh, <laughs> bro, <laughs> it's so insane. Like you can't make my guest uh, uh, for episode two. He picked. Uh, we talked about two outcast records and we talked about this record. You can't make this record today. No, you can't. No, I mean, no, 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 no. You no, haven't no, been no, able no, to make no. this record today for a few years yeah. now. When he made this record, they were trying to take the record. Like you can't, but he has the skits like, M, we can't, we can't, Man, we can't, can't make the record. Fucking, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't use this record. M. Jesus, I need it he, he just Jesus hangs Christ. up. What the fuck you mean, Paul? Like Jesus yeah. Christ, man. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, bitch, please. Two mm. might have the best beat of all time. Well, because it's that Dre, it's that real Dre beat. Is that- I wrote credit to Alvin Joiner's Joiner instead exhibit. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I don't know. Yeah, his exhibit. Um, but who the fuck is Alvin Joiner? Anyway, it's probably I probably. Did you know Pimp My Ride was fake? What's Pimp My Ride? The TV show? Yeah. Where they were putting all the car, like all the TVs and shit in the cars and shit. It was like a stage show. I didn't know it was really? fake. I thought it was real. Yeah. When did you learn that? 
because Tiffany Haddish is a big comic now. She yeah. was on the show. She was? And she was like She's a from friend. Put My Ride? She, no, she was just on it. Oh, like, as a, okay. It was a friend talking about her okay. friend's poor car. But okay. it was like, no, you was an actress. Wait. And then somebody went and they were like, this is fake. I didn't know it was fake. It was like, man, it, people went into Reddit. They was in yeah, this Reddit I've thing. Got, and like, man. you can get deep into There's the always a Reddit thing, right, isn't there's there? There's always a Reddit thing. Um, man. Um, Pimp My Ride was fake. There was something else I was going to ask you. I know. Because you said Exhibit, and you were talking about Al Joyner. Bitch, yeah. please, too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Rate and rest in peace. R.I.P. in peace to Nate Dog. Oh, the, um, the greatest hooksman of all time. Right. Um, man, this... Uh, such, it's such a wild record. Bizarre. Uh, crazy. Like, one of those, you know, as a kid, you know... Um, Every once in a while, most of the time you're just being a kid, right? And every once in a while you find yourself in a situation where you're like, I don't think those people are supposed to be doing that over there. Or, <laughs> or I, I don't think we should be, be doing, doing you know, right like you put like, I don't even know if I should be listening, listening to, to this. this. Like, uh, I got to put my discman on real quick. Uh, all right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so that's that's uh, quite that you said those five came off the top. Fast. easy and you could and i could probably get five more but right like, when i think about the albums that i love yeah that i probably overplayed or the cds that i bought that impacted me like when we talk about the lauren record or we talk about rap records so if like if we're not talking to carter too like i don't even want to have a debate i don't want i put that on the table i'm like hey wayne has three carters and people like debate what the order is. Well, he actually has five quarters, right? But he has three quarters that you're throwing on the table, yeah. And that's one, two, and three. And they're like, "What's the order?" Like, you know, what I'm saying it's two, one, three. Even it is. It's two, one, three for sure. Even though oh, three, of greatness, of greatness, yes, they're all great. They, they were released chronologically. Yeah, correct. one, two, three. Okay, but when you rate them, yeah, you're going okay. strictly three. No, you're going two, one, three, um, four, five at the order of the Carter series. So I don't know. To me, you gotta know Wayne's growth from the Carter one, the getting to the Carter two. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then you gotta know Juvenile was a part of the cash money and he had the big four hundred degrees record. Then Wayne dropped the five hundred yeah. degrees record. Cause it was some contention in the group. Like mm. you know what I'm saying? With yeah. cash money, because baby's taking everybody's money. You know, it's like, at the end of the day it's a common denominator. I'm know? saying yes when you say you know what I'm saying, but I actually you have don't. No clue. I don't. But I'm <laughs> dropping these so when you go listen to this right, again, right. you're gonna be like, let me go listen to this other Well record. I that's I let me go dive into this. I def I don't know. I mean I I these are all now, you know, in my phone, right? Right. I, I, I might skip some. I'll definitely revisit uh, "Flesh of My Flesh," "Blood of My Blood." All you gotta listen to is "Dark and as Hell is Hot." Right, and I, I'm definitely at some point gonna want to have a peek at the other Carters. Right, and maybe eventually be able to look you in the eye and say you were right. It was two, one, three, four, five. Yeah. But anyway, I, I had no idea. Like I, I just, you know, being kind of checked out. Like you know. Right. DMX, Lil Wayne, Ludacris, like all of these people, like not being plugged in at all. You, I think you kind of say, in a sense, um, it's okay to not be plugged in because none of those guys are as good as the shit I used to listen to anyway, <laughs> right? Like as to a, kid, a certain point, yeah. It's not. I'm not. It's not an accurate thing to feel or to say. Uh, so, so it's all subjective, right? Yeah. 
but so now it's it's exciting to have like and I, I know some shit about these records and i you know enjoyed listening to the first time around um i don't know if i'll revisit master p but no you don't have to just cause. that's more of a um that's more of a that's my pick yeah yeah I, like i said it's not the greatest event like but for me it was Mr. Ice Cream Man, Ghetto D, and The Last Dawn. What? And I just like Ghetto D the most. I so. mean, uh, you could make the argument that uh, he's the most interesting human of the five oh, artists. Uh, 100%. I mean, and perhaps maybe somebody that you look up to more than the other four, you know? Just as far as like the acumen and, and how what he presents done, yeah, himself yeah, in yeah, business. Yes. Yeah, but this was really fun. Um, hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm grateful that I was able to get uh, a a chunk of your Saturday. I mean, right. I, I know I you're mean, busy. It it's super busy. Yeah, it 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 is busy, but uh, it's all good, man. I'm just glad I was able to come through cool. and not get shot at that uh, right. other house Jesus, that I man. went to. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, when I get you know some more names, I'm, I'm all eventually there's going to be some folks I'm going to ask to come do it again. And all right. I mean, if you got another five. Easy. I'll definitely hit you up at some point. I, I got. I, I hit your wife up. At the, she told me, and she, she was like, "I'm not a music person." I was like, "That's not true." It's not true. She loves music. Why did she? Why would? I she, don't know. I think she may want to do it. I'm gonna explain to her what okay, it is, and okay. she may enjoy it. I mean, she might have just, you know, mm-hmm. being like, "I don't know." Let me keep a a distance on that, so I'm not committed to any. You know, what you I'm know saying? what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> anyway, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having All me. Right, I appreciate you. it. Dun, dun, dun.